0: You think I should do, like, a, a News Anchor uh, intro uh, since uh, our episode, uh, our, our gaming is our gaming news?
1: Hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> like <the old> <laughs> well,
0: you, you got to do the music. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You could even just do, like, a Wait. da-da-da-da-da. Oh,
1: no. You I don't a... even know what it was like. Wait, what was it?
0: like you can just like a just a real quick splash like a
1: hey guys this is gail kim from impact wrestling and you are listening to the 8-bit suplex podcast
0: And welcome to tonight's edition of the 8-Bit Suplex on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. With you now, uh, I am uh, Josh McLaughlin and my co-anchor tonight and most nights, Sandy Kaviria. Sandy, how are you this lovely Thursday evening on October 22nd, 2020?
1: Hello, Josh. Sandy here and our audience. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a very new special edition of the news today. Uh, hopefully you guys will be able to follow along. We have some very uh, interesting ground breaking news for you, as well as an overview of the previous Impact episode. Hope you guys will be with us.
0: Yes, and How real quick, uh, I mean that was pretty great. I mean the camera's rolling, so we'll just you know, what, Sandy, just leave it in. <laughs> we're just we're just gonna leave it in. <laughs> uh, but it was yeah, I mean. Uh, Thanks everyone for tuning back in for another episode of the 8-Bit Suplex uh, on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, we do have a lot to get to tonight. Uh, we have a, a, you know, it's kind of a, a, I wouldn't say dead period for gaming. There's not a lot of new stuff coming out right now as so we're waiting for the next console releases. Uh, so, but we do have some cool news items that are coming uh, your way uh, after we talk a little bit about Impact Wrestling. Uh, of course, it is Impact Wrestling's biggest week of the year, Sandy. We had our go-home show for Bound for Glory, and uh, we had Talkin' Shop Full Cake. Did you get a chance to watch that, Sandy?
1: Oh, I did not. You're going to have to catch us up on that.
0: Well, I definitely would if I had watched it, but I did not either. I did <laughs> Oh, I, I, no. You're going to put me on
1: the spot like that? <laughs> like, oh, you, you can handle that segment. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, exactly. No, I, I uh, ran out of time. Rats. Darn. How could I miss so such a, an amazing spectacle of... Free television. That was the uh, Good Brothers Taco Shop, Full Cake. Uh, we'll get over it, I'm sure, by the end of this episode. Um, but yeah, yeah, we have our preview. Of course, for bound for glory. We've uh, we have our full card shaped up now, ready to go. I'm excited for it. Um, you know what's funny is I talked about uh, with my kids that we might be having some people over, and they said, "Well, who's coming over?" And I said, uh, "You know, you know, probably you know Miss Sandy's gonna come over with Logan, and you know Uncle Zach's gonna come over." Uncle Zach didn't matter as soon as I said Miss Sandy's coming over. And Nolan immediately said, How many days? So since Sunday, he's been <laughs> counting down the days. He'll wake up and go, oh, Daddy! Four more days until Miss Sandy comes over. <laughs> Every single oh day. <laughs> that
1: is so cute. I love your kids. I can't wait to see them.
0: I know. And we'll have to make sure that we have some cookies ready to go too and, and that they You're don't right. eat all of them first for more reasons than one. <laughs> More reasons than one, because uh, they they will be bouncing off the walls, because uh, Collins Cookies don't pull the punch uh, whatsoever on, on the, the uh, sweet end. Um, but, so, like I said, huge week of Impact Wrestling. Sandy, what did you think of the Go Home Show here?
1: Huge. Well, the, the Go Home Show itself, it was very promo-heavy, not a yep. lot of action, we pretty much have had the card build out for what seems like a few weeks already. Yeah. We pretty much knew in concrete what the matches are going to be last week. So this is kind of like a one last hurrah. Get those promos in. Get those, you know, that back and forth in. Like I said, not very promo heavy, very video package heavy. And a lot of the action and the action that we are seeing is action that we've seen for the previous weeks as we build up to Bountiful Glory. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's not my favorite episode in the world. Like I said, it's so to me, it felt like it drags a little bit, but it's but just like I said. It's just because we already know the destination. Let's just like we're ready. We're let's get there. Saturday, let's go.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I I share that sentiment. I can't imagine the people that watched the Go Home show for Impact and then kept it on Access TV and watched uh, Full Keg immediately following. Uh, that just seems like just so much to watch oh, of, sure. of of what is not a whole lot, like you said, of action leading into Bountiful Glory. Uh, we did have a stipulation handed out for Bound for Glory, and that's what we'll touch on first here. Uh, if you recall from last week, we had our uh, five-on-five, ten-man tag team match uh, to determine um, who would face off in the five-way match la- this week um, to see who would enter the Call Your Shot gauntlet match at number 20 and who would enter at number one. And, of course, we have that five-way, which was the winning team from last week of Heath, Cousin Jake, Hernandez, Alicia, and Rhino. Uh, Sandy, why don't you take us through this opening match here? Um, because I only have two real notes, uh, and I, I'm hoping you have a little bit more to say about it, uh, but I don't know that you do, because it wasn't a very long match.
1: It really wasn't. It was very slow to start. This kind of felt a little convoluted. It was just kind of like, all right, it was, you know, everyone knows there's of what they're supposed to do it didn't feel very organic uh, right. I guess it's what the, what the main thing that I can say about it but we have to start we have Alicia um, Edwards. she comes comes in hot shoving all of the men saying do you take me seriously you don't take me seriously so, shoving them right yep. every single one of them and lastly she gets in Hernandez's face and just shoves him he doesn't even move he has this it in green on his face mm-hmm. and he just grabs her picks her up and places her on top of the turnbuckle me as a woman would have been so pissed i would have immediately just been like ah um yeah. for not taking her seriously but right. she just kind of sat there and was kind of like pouty like mm, nobody took me seriously so it was cute her cute little face there um she she stayed on top of the turnbuckle and then when somebody i forget who i think it was he who made it to that turnbuckle right yeah it was he and she just Yeah, and then she goes in for a rear naked show, so she's just on his back. So the spots with Alicia, you know, they were, they were there, and I feel like they did good putting her in a position where, hey, it's this small female against these other four dudes. And I feel like the spots that they put her in made sense to how we got to the finish. Um, which was (laughs) she accidentally took a gore from Rhino at the end and Hernandez. Oh my gosh, she ate that. Hernandez then Schoolboys Rhino. And he will be the number 20th entrant in the Call Your Shot gauntlet, while Rhino enters on number one. Which, as you recall, viewers, the stipulation with Heath and Rhino here is that if neither of them win, Rhino loses his Impact contract. On the other hand, if either of them wins, Heath gets a contract with Impact. So, very interesting. Now, we have Rhino in at number one. If he's out, which is a high probability, then Heath needs to do the work.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they stick Heath in in that lineup now, right? Because mm-hmm. we know for sure like you said Rhino's number 1 because of the stipulation. And I don't know how long the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match is going to go. But he, Rhino can't work more than a 10-minute match. So I I, I can't mm-hmm. imagine that he's going to be in there for the long haul. Uh, And, you know, we may even see some kind of heel tendency out of Heath where Heath might take the chance to eliminate Rhino if he has the opportunity. So we have no idea what's going to happen. You know, it'll be interesting to see. But, yeah, like you said, uh, Alicia was kind of the one that all the spots were placed around. And uh, Mm -hmm. it was kind of designed to make her take bumps but not hurt her. Um, Although I will say that gore was pretty hard. Uh, Rhino didn't (laughs) pull any punches. And, and, you know, Rhino obviously knows – uh alicia and eddie you know going way back so uh for a very long time an impact so i'm sure he knew what she could take and and she definitely probably she wanted him to do it uh like she didn't because if you want i I have a feeling and you can tell me if i'm wrong uh but if you take a spear or a gore and you don't fully commit to it you have a greater chance of getting hurt
1: oh yeah absolutely and you know what's so funny so that always looks so devastating. I can't tell you how many times in practice someone's given me a spear and everyone literally like stops the match. Like, Sandy, are you okay? And everyone's so concerned. I'm the only girl there (laughs) like 99% of the time. And I just come up like, yeah, I'm good. I love taking the bump from the spear. I don't know what it is like the harder it is and the the faster and the harder and the more contact to me makes it easier for me to take my bump. So I love it. And even though it looks devastating, like you just got killed. Yeah. It's me.
0: It's not bad at all. I love it. So I think she yeah. was good. <laughs> no, yeah, I, you know, obviously we know Alicia's been in this game a long time. She's fine. Um, and I thought it was funny too is what set up the gore was her smacking the taste out of Hernandez's mouth because he was going to get ready to. do uh, it. I think his he it's a, his move. He calls it the border toss where he, he picks you up and just kind of chucks you. Um, and he was going to oh, do gosh. that to Alicia and uh cousin Jake comes to the rescue, and then he gets pulled out by Heath. And then she smacks the taste out of Hernandez's mouth uh, with a pretty legit slap, uh, I might add. It
1: was! Oh, my God. But it
0: spun Hernandez around so that he saw Rhino coming for the gore, so he sidestepped it. And then, of course, obviously, everyone stops what they're doing except for Hernandez uh, worried about Alicia. And Hernandez gets his pin. And when they announced the stipulation and they gave us the tag match last week... and how little Hernandez did last week. I didn't expect him to be the number 20 uh, entry year, but he is. <laughs> Either. So he, to me, okay,
1: don't know much about him. I love his look. If he was younger, maybe it would be a little bit, you know, more intriguing what his character is, I guess, his background, right. which we don't, I don't really know. Based on what we're watching here at Impact without me going further into his career, I don't know much about him. But I can just tell from seeing him, I was like, okay, he can't be in there for a very long time, I don't think. You know, we're, we're keeping it kind of low And ba- I really don't know much about him. Like, what yeah. do you think, Josh? I don't know. To me, he just didn't feel like... Ah, God, it's really hard for me to kind of yeah. put a word on it.
0: Well, we, we saw him do a little bit of work. Um, and, and when I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. Because this match didn't even go five minutes bell to bell. Um, <laughs> so so the, the amount of effort that he put forth... Um, I think that he did a, a good job kind of getting a little bit physical... Uh, I think he did uh, a toss that was decent, but yeah, I mean, uh, well, and look, when you do a, a gauntlet match, like, you know, impact does where it's over the rope and then, you know, yada, yada, um, that protects a lot of workers. I mean, why do you think that all the legends come out for the Royal Rumble, right? Because it's an easy okay. way to you get lost in a sea of 15 guys. And all you gotta do is take one bump down to the bottom. Really? Like, you know, why did Hexod Jim Duggan come back when he was like 60 and couldn't walk? because all he had to do was go over the top rope and that was the end of his night. Right. Yep. Bob Backlund did it. You know, you know what I mean? I'm just saying Hernandez can, he can hide in there at number 20, especially. Um, and, you know, make an impact, you know, no pun intended uh, maybe get a, you know, a couple eliminations and then, you know, just kind of go from there. But um, anyway, I mean, we've talked about this match longer than it lasted. Uh, so I think. We I, can move I
1: was on. just about to say, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. We're really dissecting this. Like, Five-minute nothing. Yeah,
0: we're really really being marks right now, Sandy, about this. So I think we can move (laughs) on. (laughs) Um, Let's move it along. Yes, and I didn't take a whole lot of notes uh, on the video packages and things. A lot of the backstage stuff, just because I I think we kind of made the conscious effort last week to not spend as much time on it. Um, And then this week, I felt like there's really only maybe two things that I want to talk about from behind stage. Um, and the first thing is what I believe we get in between this match and, and the next match was the Diana Perazzo uh, vignette that we got with her, uh, kind of uh, talking about you know being the virtuosa and, and kind of uh, setting up the uh, the match for th- her and Kylie Ray.
1: Oh, absolutely. She Diana absolutely killed it with her promo. I thought it was very uh, well articulated. She, like you mentioned, she goes into what her character is, what the virtuosa actually means, what, what she's trying to do, saying that, hey, if you wanna, the, the best women's wrestlers are, have always been in the Impact Knockouts division, and that's why she came here, and that's why she's the champion. Right. Um, So she, oh man, and she kind of goes into how unstable Kylie is getting, you know, how she says that she has all these values but she completely snapped on Kimberly, um, during that interview, she we, she kind of let Kimberly and Deanna get into her head, and that kind of shows her instability. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, she's talking about how Kylie Ray, she's just over here, all smiles, all you know, hope and faith, but, but that doesn't get you anywhere. I thought it was excellent. Absolutely, yeah, it.
0: really good promo work, and, and we'll touch on Kylie Ray's response to that uh, in a little bit. Uh, but I did want to call that out. I don't think there was anything else backstage between these two matches that is worth mentioning. Uh, unless you've got something that you want to point out,
1: uh, no, so we, I think it's it's worth noting the uh, Jimmy Jacobs interview with moose, not because of the actual moose interview because Moose would just said, he's just not happy. He just yells at right. leaves, like, 20 seconds into it, if that. But then uh, Jimmy Jacobs actually gets kidnapped by three guys wearing EC3 hoodies. So then we'll see the follow-up on that later on in the show. And that was interesting. It's like, what the heck is happening now?
0: That was was a little bit more of an interesting thing. And and you're right. We will talk a little bit more about that uh, later on. I I did actually – I believe I wrote something down about that. Um, Just because it was a little bit different um, from what we've seen. Um, But the next matchup um, is – well. It's a match that happened. Uh, we knew it was <laughs> going to happen this week. It was teased last week, and it is uh, Rosemary and Havoc with the stipulation that if Rosemary were to win, Havoc would have to help her bring back from the undead realm Father John Mitchell to officiate Rosemary and Jai Bravo's wedding. Um, that's a real sentence I just said. It's a lot to digest. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? <laughs> um,
1: we are just so completely baffled because we just started watching Impact regularly. Who knows what the hell happened yeah, before? I, I, I don't, don't
0: I I don't have the time to go back necessarily and watch it either. <laughs> no. <laughs> um but yeah. Uh like I said, it happened. Uh I didn't think it was a very good match. Uh Thanks. it only goes three and a half minutes long. It's not really yeah, you know, it was only a matter of time. I think it was two spears and Rosemary gets the win uh, over Havoc. Rosemary, of course, oh. normally does a different move as a finisher, but because of the size discrepancy, uh, it's much safer route to go with the two spears.
1: Yeah, and like I said, very quick, straight to the point, it was it was there, part of that whole Wrestle House wedding segment with Rosemary and Johnny Bravo, which we'll see the wedding, the episode after Bounceful Glory, correct?
0: Yep, we'll see that next Tuesday. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: There we go. So we'll follow up on uh, Father Mitchell then and how he comes back from the dead. I don't know what's happening.
0: <laughs> right, and if he does, I, I mean, who knows? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I mean, and then, of course, we hear on, on commentary that Madison Rain is not going to be attending the wedding because she wasn't going to anyways. But having uh, Father John Mitchell back, she's definitely not going to attend. Yep. I can't blame well, her. So- I can't blame her. I'm not going to that wedding either, Sandy especially in these times then, not worth the risk Oh
1: no, <laughs> you're absolutely right
0: so but after this uh we have the uh, aforementioned uh kylie ray video um i'll let you share your thoughts first
1: so i feel like Deanna was a little bit more impactful in her promo i don't know if you agree or disagree kylie absolutely killed it too you know she she's kind of it's that rebuttal against what diana was was saying and she she met she said hey yeah i did i did kind of snap and my emotions kind of got the best of me but she doesn't want to just show people that she's a champion she wants to be a champion so when she wins the title she wants to be the inspiration for a little girl that watches from home or a little girl that could have been ringside and says hey she's cool she's a new champion i want to be just like her and and you know i feel like that's what's so lovable and attractable to to kylie Ray. it's right. that character of like hey she makes us believe she gives us hope and faith which diana just completely shit on hope and faith but <laughs> we still have the hope and faith for kylie damn it i love her
0: <laughs> yeah no for sure so i thought for me this was a better promo than Deanna's. because I had more emotion, way more emotion and and I've, you know, and you can attest to this. I've been pretty critical of, of Kylie's promo abilities. Um, Gosh,
1: improved
0: so much this, this, this run with Diana has just bumped her up even that much more. And the conviction with what she was saying, things, the, the presence, the, the, you know, the kind of unsettling quivering that she kind of did in her chair, like the, the tears welled up in her eyes, everything, you know. It just felt like it didn't feel like you were watching a wrestling character. You felt like you were watching someone literally relive the horrors of watching their best friend get their arm snapped in front of them, and how much that impacted them. Um, and I, I loved it. If you did, if you missed this uh, promo, uh, both of them really by both women, I uh, definitely make sure that you go out of your way uh, before watching Bound for Glory to get that full. Um, that full feel going into that match. I'm sure if you watch the pre-show on Access, they'll probably show both. Um, mm-hmm. But definitely, if you're not going to watch the pre-show on Access, uh, like I'm, I don't know if we're going to or not, just because finding Access is more difficult, and then switching from that to the fight app, and you know, you know yada yada. Um, but definitely, you know, check out those uh, promo packages because they are pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, they absolutely nailed it. You know what, now thinking back on it, you're reminding me of the emotion, that she, the raw emotion that she showed. And you're absolutely right. It wasn't Kylie Ray the wrestler. It was Kylie the person who, who has been put through all this and is just set up and is just ready to 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 put up a fight and have faith and hope that she's going to be the next champion. And she believes in herself now. And she's angry too, but she, more than anything, she wants to be the champion and she's going to do her best right. to, to be that. I, Deanna's worst, kind of, um, stuck to me more for some reason, but the emotion from Kylie did, it, it was weird. So yeah. I, I love them no, both, no. but it right. kind of impacted me in different ways.
0: Yeah. They're, they're both very good. I feel like Diana's probably sticks with you because it is a little bit more polished. It is a, mm-hmm. a little bit, someone that's more uncomfortable, more, very much more comfortable in front of the mic. Right. Um, she's used to, you know, cutting promos and doing these different things. And Kylie's just always been Smiley Kylie, right? She just has, normally she just run out to the thing. She's got the Pokemon theme song blast in. She does her, you know, hands under her chin and smiles. And then, you know, Penguin slides into the ring, right? So, <laughs> uh, which I, every time I, I chuckle every time she does the Penguin slide into the ring, it just sticks.
2: Oh my God. I you. think
0: it's the funniest thing ever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I just, I from the start of this podcast, which we're only on episode 11. So just to go back a couple months ago, to what Kylie Ray was putting out with promos, which were the very generic, uh, you know, uh, word soup that you would see someone's like day one at NXT uh, doing promo practice, to now cutting really raw, emotional promo videos. Night and day. Night and day. So you know, kudos to her. Kudos to Diana. Um, I, I think if if we didn't have the world title match buildup that we did, and we'll get into this later. I would think that that match would be the main event, um, but it definitely should be the sub-main event. And if it goes on any earlier, I think that's that's the wrong call. Um, but oh. I I'm I I would I almost personally want it more as a main event than Eric Young and Rich Swan. But I think that's what's going to end the show. But that's part of our preview for Bound for Glory, so stick around for that. Anywho, uh, you want to talk about that EC3 promo somehow? Huh?
1: Yeah, so if we, we go back to what's going on here with Jimmy Jacobs, he's actually taken on um, by now two guys, I don't know where the third guy went, uh, to a shipping facility. I guess maybe it could have been EC3. He got taken to a shipping and receiving facility, we see. And out of nowhere, EC3 gets up on his face, sits down, and confronts him. You know, I think it's really cool. EC3's face is all busted up from last week's confrontation with Moose. He got the hell beat out of him. His left eye is just a, a Bruce sub mess. Um, EC3 has been so great in these videos and promos, even from before he started doing them in for Impact, when he was doing it just by himself after he got freed from the machine that is WWE. Right. Um, the one thing I didn't understand, you know, it's the same thing he's been telling us over and over about, you know, being in charge of your narrative, controlling your own narrative, and that he's kind of doing that in, in, in regards to moves and saying that he, that he sees that change in moves after all of this is happening. But what I didn't get, maybe I missed something. It's like, why is he saying all these things to Jimmy Jacobs, though? Like, at the very end, he, he finally addresses Moose, but, like, the entire time he's just kind of confronting Jimmy Jacobs, and I'm like, what the hell did this guy do to you?
0: Right. Yeah. It, it was kind of a, you know, because I, I think we're seeing that EC3 is not as put together as he's supposed to be, right? Like, he's he's acting like Moose is the crazy one. And uh, it turns out maybe they both are, right? Because he is definitely laying into Jimmy Jacobs quite a bit. And then uh, kudos to their makeup person, because that was a very believable uh, black eye face. It
2: was. Uh,
0: on EC3, not Jimmy Jacobs. No, can't, <laughs> can't touch that pretty face. Um, but, yeah, no, EC3, I mean, I, I... – It's going to be strange to see what that match is. I still don't know what it's going to be. I mean, is it going to be shot the same way that all the Moose Chronicles have been shot? Or is it going to be shot like, you know, a wrestling match in the middle of the woods? Who knows?
1: Who the hell knows? I guess we'll see on Saturday. But Moose Chronicles will come to an end. Because didn't EC3 make his uh, Ring of Honor debut? The taping.
0: He did. And I didn't get a chance to watch it. Now, I, I know that this has been rumored for a while that EC3 was going to be showing up in ROH. I don't know what kind of relationship ROH has right now with Impact. I don't know what kind of contract situation EC3 is in. Uh, I know Diana was just announced this week that she signed a long-term contract finally with Impact. This whole time she's been oh. on a per-date you know, uh, deal. Um, so... Uh, take that with what you will about, you know, what you think is going to happen Saturday. But with EC3, and it seems like with, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson, probably with Diana as well, uh, there seems to be some flexibility for working other dates and other shows, um, as long as you're still showing up on Tuesday nights. It seems to be kind of the feel. Um, because, I mean, the Rascals, uh, Kylie, they've all been working, you know, warrior wrestling or the collective you know different things like that uh pretty frequently um so i don't think I just imp-
1: it's always different with them when it comes to tv on air yeah. things compared to independent shows sure right but when it comes to actually tv shows it's that's yeah. where it gets tricky with the contracts and participation in it different does promotions.
0: it does you know and, and we'll see i mean it could be you know, some some outs for working specifically with ROH. Because, like, like I said, we have no idea what ROH's situation is right now, really. They came mm-hmm. back with the Pure Tournament, which had some New Japan guys in it. ROH, of course, historically has worked with New Japan, but so has Impact. So, you know, we'll, we'll see kind of, hey, listen, if they, te- they want to team up and, you know, have some wrestler sharing. And, you know, especially even if you include New Japan, once, you know, those borders are opening up. Uh, listen, I'm all here for it. Yeah, the one Oh, yeah, me too. So uh, we'll move on from there, and we will go into the next match, um, which unbelievably is the longest match of the night. And it felt like the longest match of the night at times, uh, Sandy, and that's Sammy Callahan versus Eddie Edwards, um, <laughs> which is a preview of uh, match Saturday between Eddie Edwards and Ken Shamrock, which I did not know was happening until I watched this episode.
1: Really? I thought they announced it last week. Maybe I'm just making things up.
0: Maybe you they know. did. I just, I don't know. <laughs> you just I, hear don't I hear Ken Shamrock. I hear Ken Shamrock and my brain shuts off. I don't know. It's not my fault.
1: <laughs> you have an aneurysm, like, instantly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I thought, so, family can like, I mentioned so many times before, Eddie Edwards, the dude is underrated. He can go. He he's solid. But to me, like, he's just missing something. And I see him, and, and even though I can see... And I know how great he is in the ring. I'm just like, uh, I don't care yeah <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about him
0: I think both of those guys have a little bit of that right now, especially in this feud um, this feud is not doing anybody any favors uh, really at all and I know we don't like, know Eddie,
1: why, yeah we don't know why this is happening really right.
0: and and to figure out why it's happening, you know we'll have to see Ken Shamrock win a match over. Eddie Edwards, who was literally just the world champion, which, I don't know. That that doesn't feel right to me, but we'll get into that later. Um, But this match, and I actually wrote down uh, you know, Sammy Callahan, good wrestler, bad character. Um, He struggled
1: with that his whole career, I feel. He
0: is someone that can work. He can move around Mm -hmm. that ring very well for a man his size. Um, He does, he had uh, like an exploder style throw. That was pretty great. Um, He had the suplex onto the ramp uh, to Eddie Edwards. Really good stuff. Uh, And then the whole time he's screaming thumbs up, thumbs down. And then at the end of the match, he clicks a button on his smartphone, turns off the lights, lights turn back on, and there's Ken Shamrock to beat up Eddie Edwards. And it's just – I just feel like he just – he buries himself with his own bad gimmick.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm being a little critical on the on the look of a wrestler, but that's that's a big thing for wrestlers. Is the way you look, the way you present yourself. Sammy Callahan just does not have a very like, is appetizing the good uh, the best word? <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe like he doesn't have an, an a, like, and I don't want to say attractive either because you can be ugly and be a wrestler. Right. There's just something about his look that just doesn't attract you to be like, man, that's my guy. And I even in like... NXT, even yeah. wherever he's wrestled.
0: I feel like when you look at, at professional wrestling in 2020, right, there's room for people of all different all different types of looks, right more Absolutely. than ever before. Uh, you know we have uh, you
1: definitely know, more than like the 80s
0: 90s. way way more right It's not all just big buff dudes. Um, mm-hmm. We have you know some people are heavier, some people are smaller, some people are taller, some people are shorter. You know, uh, we have uh, transgender wrestling, which was something that never happened uh, before. Um, we I'm have
2: more
0: intergender. We have you know all kinds of different wrestling, and, and and really wrestling is more for everyone than ever. But I think with that, it comes with a little bit more of a pressure on yourself to make your character presentable even more. And I feel like that kind of just, you know, take a look at Sammy Callahan, who's a heavier set guy, wears a shirt but it's like a tactical vest zipped all the way up to his chin and it looks terrible. And then you take Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is bigger than Sammy Callahan as far as his gut goes, but he wears his muscle shirt. He wears his gym shorts and then he still does his good stuff, but he's presentable and he, he comes across you can see his face 90% of the time. You can't see Sammy Callahan's face because that vest is either zipped up too much or he's got his hat pulled all the way over his eyes. You gotta be able to see the face. You gotta hair,
1: connect. Here, you gotta man, connect with.
0: You gotta be able to connect. Yeah. So
1: exactly. No, a hundred percent agreed. There's just something I kind of like we talked about with with Rosemary. You know her gear, the the makeup her entrance is cool, but man that gear. We were not seeing much of her. It's
0: yeah. No, her makeup is falling
1: off, and it's just a a. It's not a,
0: a I hate a look the tatters. Makeup, I hate the yeah. I just yeah. I don't like it. I don't it's like distracting. it. And like her gear is like got like ring clasps along the bottom, so like it's very distracting. Like it catches the lights and different things like that. You know, I've noticed. Like, listen, I'm not trying to look at anyone's, you know, like trunks or anything, right? But when you have like, instead of just just being a solid trunk and it's got rings, like as the, you know, I just look, just simple it up a little bit. Switch to a regular yeah. trunk. Just just do it. Um, mm-hmm. or you know, find find a look that's, that that. You can still be in your character, right? If you want, if you know, if Sam McCallaghan wants to do that hacker gimmick, and I understand, like, okay, if you play the game video game Watchdogs, yo, your hacker's got his shirt, you know, up over his ears, and he's got his hat God, pulled yeah. down low, and
1: his, you know, he's <laughs> wearing the. I wish you guys see what Josh has did.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, probably better than they don't. Although this, the recording program I use does record video. So if I ever feel the need, I can definitely go back and pull that screenshot. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he kind of looks like a turtle man, but not in a good way.
1: Yeah. No, dude, I totally agree. It's, this is something. And then of course putting these two guys together. And I think the ones. The one big thing for their feud is that incident that happened a couple of years ago. Actually, I don't even know how long it was, where Sammy hit the chair with the bat, and it ricocheted, and it busted up freaking Eddie Edwards' face. Right. You know, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a weird pause in commentary when Josh was discussing that baseball bat chair incident. He started going into it, and then it just got completely cut off, and there was, like, there's some 20, dead time. 30 seconds of silence. Yeah, some dead yeah. time on comments here. And then when he came back from it, they didn't go back to what he was saying. It was just like, all right, move on. So I thought that was really strange. I don't know if it was like some technical issues or if they were like, hey, you know, we don't want to discuss that. But like, if that's not the reason for this feud, then what freaking, what is?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Out. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe we'll find out more. Maybe we won't. It seems like Sammy, this, this past few months, is started stuff and then not been able to finish it um yeah for whatever reason um but like I said he's he's a good worker I wish he presented uh, himself a little bit differently but you know uh we'll take him how he is uh anyways and we'll still talk about him on, on this podcast
1: um, okay there we go and I do being the positive ones on on the sh- on the show on on in the wrestling community I guess yeah. you say, there's you know, a lot of negativity there I do want to say these two have so much chemistry they have yeah. chemistry together whether that's from actually i don't know what they're personalized i don't know if they actually hate each other or if they're really good friends but they have a chemistry in there and by chemistry i mean those two just beat the absolute hell out of each other um yeah. we see eddie give the blue thunder bomb to sammy props on him for even getting him up the air and turning him around like that like that to me just yeah i don't even understand how gravity allows them to do that um also, Sammy going in, and he gave a powerbomb to Eddie, which looked like he was actually going to do, go into, like, a power driver or something. Yeah. But what comes from that is that Eddie has such great control over his body. Like, when he when he needs to jump, the dude can jump. He can oh, move yeah. that heavy he's, he's a little heavy set, too. He really just is completely underrated. So it was – when it actually came to the action, I w- – I didn't think it was a long match. I really enjoyed it because, like I said, those two can really go outside. I can can look past, you know, hey, I don't like the way he looks. I don't like the way – I don't even like the way Eddie Edwards looks either. I hate those freaking dorks. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen, what's funny is he's he's like Boston John Cena, except John Cena is also from Boston. So I can't even say he's Boston John Cena. So, (laughs) you know, I guess he's more of the Boston Boston character version of John Cena uh, if you want to go that way. Uh, but they're the both Massachusetts boys, right?
1: Oh no, <laughs> man! Now you've completely ruined him for me. Thanks.
0: <laughs> well, listen, listen. I'm happy to say, and I and I will defend John Cena every day of the week. Um, the wrestling industry could use John Cena right now. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah. Somebody could. I mean, WWE certainly could. Uh, have you seen their ratings lately? Not great. No. But no. anywho. <laughs> Anywho, good match. <laughs> yeah. Sammy, Call- Sammy Callahan winds up getting the roll-up. We didn't even say who won yet. Uh, Sammy Callahan gets the roll-up uh, because Eddie is distracted by Ken. Um, and so we we end that match. Uh, after a beatdown, uh, we move on. But, you know, a little bit of Ken Shamrock twisting the ankle again. Uh, but you know, we know one thing about Eddie's, uh, ankles and their recovery ability is that he can take a ankle lock on Tuesday and it does not matter on Saturday. Um, <laughs> as we learned, head yeah, leading into victory road. So we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, bionic ankles.
0: And we yeah, also right. know
1: that Ken Shamrock's uh, good, uh, leg day at the gym.
0: He definitely. Definitely. <laughs> uh, we will, we will talk about uh, Ken Shamrock and his skinny calves later. Um, but we will move into, I believe, we'll go right into the uh, six-man tag match, which is a preview of the six-pack challenge that's happening Saturday uh, for the X Division Championship. We have Willie Mack, TJP, and Trey Miguel versus the team of Chris Bay, Rohit Raju, and Jordan Grace. Um, I thought this was the best match uh, on the card, and it is shorter than i thought it was it's only five oh. and a half minutes long i i could have watched it for at least double that if not triple that and we might get that on saturday and that's probably why they didn't do it that way um but a lot of good action here sandy what'd you like out of this one?
1: Oh, so good the jordan spine buster to willie mag dude. big yes. top i got out of my freaking chair my couch I was just like
0: oh I love her yeah I audibly said holy shit uh sitting in my computer chair watching it because man (laughs) and and you know what uh kudos to Willie uh for helping out obviously Jordan's strong but Willie's a big boy so you know he definitely was helping out with that spine buster to make it look as devastating as it did and it looked it looks just as good as when she would do it to Tennille Dashwood as when she did it to William Mack and that's a credit to both of them uh truthfully
1: it's crazy for sure he he man he elevated himself for her but i actually struggle with spine busters because doing that turn the person posting on you they're still putting their weight like they're jumping up for you but they're putting their weight on your back and that like to me man gravity just wants to pull me to the freaking ground when somebody does that my feet like do not want to leave the floor so i have a hard time doing the turn and actually completing the spine <laughs> buster. so you maybe won't see that in my uh my main set but <laughs> i was like holy shit because willie Mac is uh he's a big freaking boy and i don't care how strong and big jordan grace is that was fucking insane
0: no it was oh, it, now it we was... have
1: to add the freaking ma or explicit content. <laughs> I, I, F- I, I
0: checked that box anyways uh just just in case <laughs> Uh, cause I might not even remember saying one, uh, but, uh, just in case we always have that explicit box checked. So <laughs> nobody report us to Apple podcasts or anything. Cause we warned you. Ah,
1: good. There we go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and with that said, and the checkbox is checked. So I'll just go ahead and say, uh, fuck this, fuck that. Fuck you. Fuck me. Uh, oh, fuck, fuck, oh, fuck. Oh. no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> I had to spice it up a little bit. We earned our explicit check. Um, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, no, <laughs> I will say this, uh, and I think you'll agree with me that that Jordan Grace's spine buster of William Mac is the hashtag chef's kiss uh, moment of the night.
2: Oh uh, my God! Going, yeah, running, yes. running,
0: running away with it. Um, and I also want to say too, uh, I've been often critical of TJP for not selling uh, with his facial uh, expressions and moving. He sold for Jordan Grace. Um, oh and my God! He
2: did. I did not think he would.
0: I did not either, and I thought that that's a, a testament both to how seriously he takes it. Um, and then also how much he respects her and how much all those guys really respect her, uh, and her wrestling ability. Um, because, uh, you know, in, in, in other worlds, uh, they would probably not sell uh, half as hard for her or any woman for that matter. But, you know, hats off to them for, uh, really continuing the match structure and making it happen. Right. Um, Absolutely. I, I'm excited to see what else Jordan does on Saturday. Um, but
2: I can't wait.
0: Really good stuff here. Um, I don't. I don't have anything negative to say about the match. It didn't no. last long enough for them to run out of things to do. Trey Miguel has always looked like a million bucks. Uh, Raheem Raju looked pretty good in spots. Uh, TJP, TJP of course, uh, always right.
1: Always
0: um, great. So yeah, he I mean
1: great chemistry like when those two yes. go in there and it's like holy shit like sparks just fly everywhere
0: yeah and there was the the spot where tjp did his headstand in the corner uh, on the top turnbuckle uh, and then he yeah. went to he went to head scissors chris bay i think it was and then mm-hmm. Rahi Raju grabbed him by the hands yeah. and they flipped him up and uh kind of low blowed him with the knees that was a pretty interesting move there I, I don't know that i've seen that and i don't know that anyone would attempt that besides tjp um, yeah. but pretty really solid awesome. stuff. Yeah. I mean, really good yeah. stuff all around that. I mean, that match is really shaping up, uh, I think to be what is most likely the night, uh, the match of the night, just because there's just, I mean, six awesome wrestlers, uh, all yeah, it's, a, it's, it's going to be blinking. You'll miss something good. I think, um, mm-hmm. oh, it's but, yeah, and you know what? This next match uh, was a little bit of a disappointment to me here uh, with our main event. We have the Good Brothers versus the North, and we are both big fans of the North, uh, both of us uh, for opposite reasons, you for Ethan Page, me for Josh Alexander. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I man, I, I wasn't really into the match, and then it, of course, ends in a no contest, um, which I absolutely, like they really don't want to beat the Good Brothers at all. But they also didn't want to beat the North leading into this match uh, for Saturday. Um, So, you know, it was okay. It had some good spots. Uh, I I will say, you know, Gallows and Anderson are continuing to work hard. Anderson, uh, you know, tried to one-up Jordan Grace with the Spine Buster. Uh, Of course, I don't know that he did in this night. Um, But, you know, nice to see good Spine Busters, always. Um, Yeah, holy shit. His the elevation br- that he's
1: able to get on him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a the snap on it. I feel like Jordan Grace didn't have that snap because I mean, can you blame her? The guy was fucking much larger than she is, but she was still able right. to get the little snappy in there. But yeah, his, his snap on that turn and that coming down is unbelievable. Yeah.
0: I mean, you put Carl Anderson on the shortlist for, for best bind buster, certainly. Um, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It had some good, good action. Of course, all the tag teams come out afterwards and just start brawling because, you know, hey, this is professional wrestling, and that's how we end our go home shows. Uh, what do you think yeah. of uh, our main event here, Sandy? You got anything to add to it?
1: No, I felt exactly how you just felt. It was, it wasn't a bad match at all. But you know, we we we've seen these teams go at it for weeks and weeks and weeks since mm-hmm. Slam Slamiversary. And since we started doing this podcast, I mean, that's pretty much around the time that we started our show, and right. we've seen them—they haven't gone against anyone else. They've, it's only been them, and so we, we, we're 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 ready for this blow off. We're ready to either get any cans or just have this, you know, feud be over between them. And so this kind of just felt like, oh, here we go, just one more—the North and the Good Brothers. Let's let's just do this. I wasn't surprised at all when this ended in a no contest. I was not surprised at all that Austin, Austin and uh, Fulton and the M- Motor City Machine Guns came out, and then it's a brawl. Of course, that's what it had to happen, especially when you have this many guys made teams in one match right. for a couple of titles. Wasn't surprised at all, but like you said, it was just kind of like, all right, let's just let's just we're freaking ready for Bountiful Glory, man. Let's let's go.
0: Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with I you. Thought. And and it looked like too, and and I I would call this a little bit of a mild heel turn. Uh, But after the Machine Guns helped the Good Brothers clear the ring, uh, the Good Brothers, of course, turned on them. And uh, I believe it was uh, Alex Shelley takes the Magic Killer.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, no. No, was it Saban? Okay, so Chris Saban takes the Magic Killer. Um, I thought, you know, okay, we've been seeing kind of a babyface tweener out of uh, the Good Brothers. And, uh, you know, it looks like they might be a little bit more of the Bad Brothers. Yep,
1: that's exactly what we're seeing, so... Who, I mean, I guess after we'll go, we go through the preview, we'll, we'll get our predictions. What do you think?
0: I, yeah, yeah, you know what? I think that, that ends that episode. Uh, that was the go home episode and we'll just jump right into, um, the Bound for Glory card here and I'm going to go, um, in order of what impacts website lists, if that's good with you, Sandy. Um, and obviously I think it'll, uh, probably, you know, um. Wind up. We'll, we'll the the matches will get more important as we go along. Um, so yep. first up, we have the Call Your Shot Gauntlet match. Two competitors start the match after a time interval, of course. Another will enter the fray. Eliminations occur by throwing your opponent over the top rope. Process continues until there's only two competitors remaining. The final two will compete in a singles match that can be won by pinfall or submission. So we have the first 10 participants announced uh, by Scott Demore, and that is going to be uh, Heath, Rhino, Hernandez, AC Romero, Larry D, Daniel Dashwood, Taya Valkyrie, Brian Myers, Tommy Dreamer, and Havoc. And there will be 10 more that we will not know who comes in uh, to be a part of. We already have three women announced there. We probably get two more if I had to guess. Um, you know, I, I'm, I think we're, we might not see Alicia just because of the storyline that she got taken out by Rhino by the Gore. Um, mm-hmm. But we might see, like, you know, Akira Hogan or Tasha Steeles come in. Maybe a Rosemary. You never know. Um, as far as the men go, not sure who else we're going to get here. Um, but I think... Uh, you probably share a similar sentiment with me here, in that it's probably going to be Heath winning. That's kind of my thought.
1: Correct. That's exactly. I can't see it going any other way.
0: Yeah, I think you know you when like we've said before when you put a stipulation on a loser leaves town uh, kind of situation, and that person's still under contract for a while, um, they're not losing. You know. Yeah. Or, they, or they'll schmod something else. It doesn't really matter. Um, but I suspect that Heath or Rhino will get the win. I don't suspect Rhino just because he's entering number one. Um, but uh, you know what? I didn't expect Hernandez to win that uh, stipulation. So maybe Rhino gets the last laugh and wins from number one. Who knows?
1: We'll see. I know they'll have some some twists and turns, hopefully. Some things to keep us on our toes and not have it be so predictable, which, like you said, it's kind of hard whenever they do these you know, ultimatums in pro wrestling, especially when you know, like, hey, this guy's with the company or, you know, this and that. But um, I think it's a pretty safe bet that we'll see Heath win this one overall. We'll just have to wait to see, you know, how he gets there.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it. I'm I'm a sucker for uh, Battle Royals uh, in general. Anytime you – listen, I'll watch one every single episode of wrestling. I don't care. The more wrestlers, the better. (laughs) Uh, You know, and we'll see if any, you know, surprise uh, participants come through. Uh, Like, uh, you know, we see in other, uh, you know, even AEW has fallen uh, prey to the uh, surprise uh, entry um, in their Royal Rumble, uh, Battle royal type thing. So, you know, we'll see how it goes.
1: Maybe our our special intro person, Gail Kim, makes an appearance. Who knew?
0: Oh, maybe. Maybe. That'd be (laughs) great. Uh, If that happens, my money's on Gail Kim. Of course, uh, before we move on, I do want to make sure uh, if you've never, uh, if you're not familiar with the call your shot gauntlet match, the call your shot goes to the winner where they get to choose which title they challenge for. Uh, So they speculate uh, that, you know, if Rhino or Heath wins, they might use the call your shot challenge to challenge for the tag team titles. Um, Or, you know, if uh, one of the women win, you know, if Taya wins, she could call her shot for the knockouts championship. Uh, and obviously never count out Taya because she's Taya. That's that's my dark horse. If it's not Heath the Rhino, maybe Taya because I mean, why not?
1: <laughs> she can go for the exhibition title
0: too. She could. She could. Mm-hmm. Or she could challenge Rich Swan if Rich Swan wins. Hopefully. All kinds of different <laughs> things. I'd watch yeah. Taya and I'd watch Taya Valkyrie and and Rich Swan. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're getting ahead of ourselves. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. A little bit. <laughs> The next match, uh, and this is, I I hate to call it a popcorn match, especially since it's the second match on the card. But for me, this is kind of my popcorn match. And that's Eddie Edwards versus Ken Shamrock, accompanied to the ring by the aforementioned Sammy Callahan. Um,
1: I don't Mm -hmm. have much to
0: preview here. It's going to be the shortest match on the card, uh, just because of...
1: Fingers crossed
0: well yes <laughs> i would think because of ken shamrock's limited ability at his age um because he's about 100 years old now um and i think he's also I think, he got some other thing going on with him getting into the impact wrestling hall of fame um so we'll see what that happens there or when that's going to happen if it's pre-show if it's during the show i don't know um there's rumors that that you know Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is going to have a video uh, part of it. He said on Twitter that he would do it for Ken Shamrock. Uh, so mm-hmm. who knows if that was just a uh, a ruse to get more eyes on Bound for Glory? Um, th- listen, they're both old school workers. They know how to they know how to get a gate going. Uh, so we'll see what happens. You know there were some really good matches back in the day uh, between Ken Shamrock and The Rock. So maybe there is a little bit, uh, a little bit of some, you know, camaraderie there. Uh, if Dwayne Johnson actually sends in a video uh, to Impact, uh, I may shit myself. But <laughs> what do you, who you got winning this match? And doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joshua. I know. I forgot the full name, Joshua.
0: <laughs> you did. You did.
1: Man, I don't know. Like it. It's uh, I want to say like. The logical part of me wants to say Eddie Edwards, but like knowing how pro wrestling is, of course, I think maybe Ken, just because Sammy's going to be there, the whole Hall of Fame thing, they have to get one over. But then we also have to see, okay, where's the storyline actually going? It just started. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, probably Ken on this one, huh?
0: Yeah, and and unfortunately, I don't think that it it ends here. And that's the only reason why I ask if it matters. Not because, (laughs) I mean – also because it it doesn't really matter, but also because it's going to continue the feud, uh, probably either way. Right. Um, One of the
1: newest, uh, like storylines that we have going into Boundful Glory, actually, I think, because the other ones have been going on just so long.
0: I think it is the newest because every other one has been basically like the week after Slammiversary. Mm
2: Um, and
0: this one's only on week three or four. Yeah. Whereas we've had about 10 weeks with the other ones. So, um, when we started this podcast, we kind of already knew who was going to wrestle at Bound for Glory. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, but it, kudos to them for keeping it interesting for this long. Uh, you know, it lasted pretty much until the go home show. Uh, like we said, other promotions wouldn't give you that full card basically this far ahead.
1: You- That is literally what I wanted to say, but it slipped my mind in the very beginning of the show today. We were talking about how we pretty much know where the storyline is going just because, yeah, they've been doing the pre-tapes and things like that. But, hey, you look at WWE, those go-home shows are so important because that's the day, I feel like, when they actually finalize their card and what they're doing for their pay-per-view the following day or the day after whatever the hell it is. So it's it's crazy. You know, we, we see these storylines just kind of come and go with them, we just get dropped or new ones start. And then like, oh, yeah, we'll just do this for shits and giggles. You know, that's not the case here. We have concrete storylines that have been building up over time and mm-hmm. to that you can give impact all of the credit in the world. And if you are a fan listening to the show that maybe just wants to hear the video game aspect of it. We love you. I really do want us to do a lot more concrete gaming sections. But, hey, if this gets you into watching Impact Wrestling, maybe that you weren't watching before, hell yeah. I want nothing more than that because I feel like this – company really is doing their best to kind of get out of that black hole that they've been on for many, many years. And they are doing everything they can to keep their fans happy, provide good content, not only in action form, but in storyline mode. And I feel like they're very committed to, to making not just people happy, but to put out a, a product that they're proud of. And I am proud to be able to watch it and talk about it with you and share it with you guys listening. Yeah, no, I... that is my heartfelt moment of the week.
0: Yeah. Uh Ditto. I don't I can't really add to that. Um so with that we'll get into what is uh, probably the most interesting uh match on the card and that is uh in an undisclosed location EC3 versus Moose in the conclusion Ooh. of the Moose Chronicles. The
1: Moose Chronicles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know which way this is going to go. I mean, we can speculate about EC3's ROH Uh, situation and how he's appeared there Um, and maybe moose has to conquer ec3 to bury the past of tna completely Um, but i don't know what do you think what do you see here uh, sandy
1: i honestly have no idea i can see from i feel like the the interview segment with moose today and um i forget who was interviewing him Oh, and Jimmy Jacobs, who was important in the sense that he wasn't just like, I want my hands on ec 3 I want my title back, like he's been doing for the past few Moose Chronicles. He was doing it, he was pretty much just like, almost being like, hey, he's he's right, like, what is this? You know, I'm pissed, what's going on? You know, so I feel like what we're going to see at the end of this is they're going to beat the hell out of each other, whether that's in a, uh, you know, like a, a match format, type of thing or if we're doing one of those cinematic matches somewhere that we don't know yet who knows what the hell is happening i feel like that part's a little bit irrelevant i feel what's going to end up happening is that belt is going to be destroyed we're going to see a new moose come out of it that is my expectation and, and my hopes um so that we're going to see a different version of moose he's going to be disturbed by this if ec3 ends up leaving then moose can kind of go in into that oh hey i want to control my narrative who am i i say I'm the wrestling god, but am I really? And maybe he kind of goes into this character where he's the straw and he doesn't really know himself. Um, And then, of course, you see the title being destroyed. That was his identity, being the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, being this wrestling god. And now that was taken away. Now EC3 told you, hey, control your narrative. So maybe we see Moose come back and just completely destroyed and and do something new with his character. Because we've kind of seen him do this Moose for many years,
0: if I'm not
1: mistaken. So yeah. that could be a good chance for him to explore other outlets um, of his character. So we'll
0: see. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too, because they, they haven't, I mean, EC3 hasn't been announced at all to have signed any long-term contract. And yeah, you know, Scott Damore made a comment uh, in passing um, that, you know, um, there was, you know, Moose is talking about a guy that doesn't work here. So, I mean, you could say, oh, that's part of the skit, but it could be just Scott Demore leaving a little bit of truth in there too. Um, it's very possible EC3 is not actually signed to Impact, and he could be signed to ROH exclusively. We don't really know. Um, so, you know, we'll see. If this is a one-and-done with EC3, it'd be a hell of a build-up for a one-and-done. Um, but, oh, yeah, not. I I expect, honestly, um, I expect Moose to win. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like you said, he, he'll come out a changed man afterwards. Uh, or yep. he'll be invigorated. And and, and, or, yeah, I think the title's getting destroyed no matter what. I think that thing's mm-hmm. done. Um, so, I mean, we'll see.
1: We shall see. I'm excited about it. I feel like they've done a really good job with the aforementioned moves chronicles.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been good production quality. I mean, obviously we know yeah. TNA, uh, back in the day, of course, uh, gave Matt Hardy the creative freedom to do, uh, all the Hardy compound stuff and, and do the broken universe. So, uh, they've, they've got a history here of doing good cinematic stuff. So, uh, even though Jeremy Borash is at WWE now, Um, I think that uh, that legacy kind of lives on. I think they'll do okay. So, Mm -hmm. the next match here is the six-way scramble match for the X-Division title between TJP, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, Willie Mack, Jordan Grace, and of course, your defending champion, Sandy's favorite, her man, Rohit (laughs) Raju. Sandy, take us through here.
1: Um. Oh my gosh. Who? No, I want to get your prediction first.
0: Oh man, you're putting me on the spot. See, that's <laughs> why I was trying to. I was trying to, ah, uh, I to to drive this narration into you making the first pick. Um, <laughs> no. God, you know. I want them
1: all to win. <laughs>
0: here's the, here's the thing, right? I think I'm so conditioned by WWE that when there's multi-man matches, the champion more often than not leaves the, the belt. They defend, yeah, um, because they can, you know, pin someone that's been taken out by somebody else, or, you know, fill in the blank, right? Um, I feel like this could be a situation where Jordan Grace gets the title. It would cause a lot of buzz. Um, TJP has worked a lot of New Japan stuff, and he could be getting over there, um, as soon, you know, after Bound for Glory. We don't know. Um, He's been on their American program, uh, New Japan, strong. Um, Trey Miguel, obviously a great choice. Um, it'd be interesting to see you know, what they want to do with the Rascals long-term, if they want to keep him a trio, if they want to keep splitting Trey Miguel off. Willie um, really Mack recently had the X-Division title, so does Chris Bay. I mean, I, I'm i just going to go with the house. I'm going to say where he retains.
1: Oh, I- I love you. I love you. That's right, my man, Rohit Raju. <laughs> I actually, I'm actually gonna say Jordan Gray. Yeah,
0: I that's that's who my other person is. Um, just because um, she spent a lot of time fighting the haters on Twitter about it, um, and they definitely. My other thing is like I've been I've been told that when they foreshadow something, it doesn't happen. Right with professional wrestling, she she beat Rohit Raju. And had the X Division Championship belt around her waist, and I'm conditioned to think—I'm conditioned to think that that's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I lose that programming at some point. I haven't lost it yet, and that's why I'm going for heat.
1: Yeah. So I actually, yeah, because we've been so conditioned for so many years. So that's exactly what happened. So I feel like it's like a, like a double psych. Like they want to be like, oh, here's the title on Jordan. Psych, you're never going to see it happen again. It's just a, right. oh, all exactly. smoke and mirrors. But then they're going to be like, psych, we're doing something new. you go, Jordan Grace. So fingers crossed that happens. That'd be really awesome. She could go with a lot of the guys. I mean, one-on-one, she can go with all of them if need be. Yeah. Um, it,
0: no, I was just saying, yeah,
1: no, yeah. Yeah, no, hands down. And if they leave the title on Rafi Raju, you know, there's nothing wrong with that either. He just, he hasn't had it for very long. Um, He can continue to do his, you know, I'm giving out opportunities, I'm doing this and that while still being a little shit about it. And Scott yeah. more being like, damn it, he keeps getting away with, not actually putting the title on the line and making it seem like he's given that opportunity. You can build that storyline down the road for someone to actually take it off of him. Um, So they can go either way. But I think the top two contenders for winning this title would definitely be Jordan Grayson. Um, Leaving it on my man, Rohit Raju.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my, my only hesitancy with Rohit is that a lot of competitors will have now failed against him. Right. That's five people that they're not going to get another shot. And so when I mean, it's that many people, it's like, eh, you know, but then he could win it back if one of them wins it because he has the championship, you know, champions rematch clause, um, or you know, if he does retain, you know, look at the fallout from some of these matches that are happening tonight. If Eric Young, you know, loses and you know, then you know, doesn't doesn't win it back from Rich Swan uh, at all, right? And then Eric Young challenges for the X Division. Like I can imagine, I can picture exactly how that happens. And Raju just loses his mind and panics and refuses to wrestle Eric Young until Scott Scatamore makes him. So I can see some some angles coming out of it. They're a little bit longer down the line angles. And it depends on what happens with the rest of this card. Um, But I just think, you know, when you do this many people, I just feel like you you just go with the house.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't be upset.
0: (laughs) Right. I love him. So... This match uh, is listed next on our website, and I hope that this is not necessarily in order of how the card goes. I mentioned this before because I think this should be the sub-main, um, but this is uh, our Knockouts Championship match: Diana Perrazzo, the defending Knockouts Champion, taking on Kylie Ray. And I'm going to let you talk about this one first because I did the last one, which is a harder one to predict. <laughs> first, last, you know, so I took you. <laughs> <laughs> no, nope, all you.
1: I think on this one, I've got to give it to Kylie. They've really done a good job at protecting Kylie, keeping her away when they need it, building up that storyline. And yes, in the beginning, it was like, hey, we don't know where Deanna going. We don't know if she's staying. We don't know if she's going, if she's a temporary champion and she's there long-term. Now we do know it is long-term, so maybe that could have changed plans. But I feel at this point, the company... If they're not ready, they should be ready to put the strap on Kylie. And Kylie can take that women's division to a whole nother level. The matches that she would have with the remaining of the division would be absolute bangers left and right. And I think she's ready. I think this is her like redemption art coming from, you know, being signed, one of the first women to be signed with AW to, you know, going on a complete you know, black hole where, you know, she disappeared from wrestling, not knowing that she was going to come back where she says she retired, where we don't know what personal issues she had where we didn't know if she was going to wrestle on TV ever again, to coming back in and coming with this character that is now strong that is now willing that is now not not going to be stepped on any longer and I feel like they build this storyline. Fantastic. Uh, They protected both women. The video package that they they showed tonight kind of building up to what the match would be at Bountiful Glory was great. Um, The action that they showed with the interaction with these two and with Kimberly's involvement, I thought, came off really great. And I am ready to see Kylie Ray as a champion at Impact.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head, right? Kylie Ray has obviously put in the work for this. And, I, and I, I'm not going to say – on the flip side of that, Deanna also has put in the work for this.
2: Oh,
0: um, for sure. 100%. If I look at the future of the knockouts division, right, and I'm looking, Deanna Purrazzo works a very specific style of match. She's a very technical wrestler. She doesn't have, in my opinion, the raw athletic ability of a Kylie Ray. Where if I'm looking at what do I want to see for the next, you know, however many months until we get the next pay-per-view, right? Do I want to see Diana Perrazzo trying to wrestle a technical match with Kira Hogan? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, I I don't want to see her and Kimberly again. We already got that on TV. Um, and then, of course, that's kind of her lackey, you know, for whatever reason. Um, you know, Tasha Steele's rosemary maybe at some point havoc nevaeh I, d- I don't know that any of them can reach the level that diana perrazzo is on so for, in my opinion diana perrazzo is very tippy top of that division right there with her jordan grace right there with the with her taya right there with her kylie ray those are your four i i think that are your top of the division when i think about who can work with everyone. The three that aren't Deanna, I think, can work better with more wrestlers. And that's not because Deanna's not good, but because she is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine trying to watch – not not that this would be painful, but I can not imagine what the match between Deanna Perazzo and Tennille Dashwood would look like. Because yeah. Deanna works that slow, methodical pace. Tennille Dashwood works the slow pace – you know, kind of, you know, nonchalant thing. Um, whereas I think just the the energy that Kylie Ray brings to the ring, the ability that she has, the the build that they've given her, um, and the fact that we still have Sue Young looming large behind, you know, over all of this, um, I think Kylie Ray will win the championship uh, at Bound for Glory as well. Um, and I think that at, after she dispatches of Diana for the championships rematch clause, I think we'll start getting into uh, the emergence of Su Young uh, coming out of the shell of Susie. And I think that'll be probably Kylie's first big test, maybe her second big test as champion uh, is to have to beat her friend uh, Susie, who um, when she uh, you know comes back as Su Young. But we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Hands down. 100% agreed.
0: So, but either way, I wouldn't be mad if either one winning. I just want to be clear with that. I just want to see more Kylie Ray matches. <laughs> as a, I just want to see Kylie as a champion. And I want to see her work matches as the champion and elevate that division. Because um, I think yeah. she can do oh, it really well.
2: Absolutely.
0: And like I said, I, yeah. not, I would never say anything negative about Diana Barrazo. Excellent wrestler. Great person. I've mentioned it before on this podcast. she, Literally, like, at an NXT meet and greet, asked if she could pick up my son because she thought he was the cutest thing ever, um, which, you know, I think he is. Um, but, yeah, she did. So, you know, there's a picture with uh my wife holding Molly and Deanna Peraza holding Nolan. And I think uh, somebody else is in the picture, uh, some other – I think it, it might even be – might is it Chelsea Green? It's somebody else is in the picture not holding anyone. They're just there. So it's like <laughs> – yeah, you know, like, okay, I'm here too, you know, but uh, it's a funny picture. I might find that and, and post it for you guys to see on Twitter. But uh, really, uh, I, I couldn't be more excited for the Knockouts um, championship match. I, I really wanted that to be either the main or sub-main. It looks like our sub-main, however, is going to be the four-way tag team title match um, between the champion Motor City Machine Guns, the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, the North, Josh Alexander and Ethan Page, and of course Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, this is I I'm not a big fan of four-way tag matches. Not a big fan of triple threat tag matches. Um, it just becomes so muddled and confusing. Uh, I don't know if you got the chance to watch uh, AEW this week. Um, Sandy, they had a a, a big tag match, uh, a four way tag match on that show, um, and it actually got so chaotic uh, that the referee uh, Rick Knox didn't notice um, that oh, one of the wrestlers was video. completely unconscious in the middle of the ring. I think, and that that's more on the referee than it is on anything, in my opinion.
1: That was rough. That was um, rough to watch. It was really literally like there was a clip. dead body in the match in the middle of the ring. Like, hello. Right.
0: Yeah, it's really and, not selling I mean, anymore. <laughs> Reynolds Reynolds was out cold, like bad, and you'd notice too that the that the blade pulled him over, completely dead weight, like yeah. He he literally pulled him over, and it never, it never got better. Um, and so I worry about the chaos there. I I think obviously, um, I mean Impact doesn't have Rick Knox, no knock on Rick, he's living his dream, um, but he misses a lot of shit. Um. I feel like this match could be something that gets off the rails pretty quickly. Um, But if it somehow stays coherent and we can keep track of who's supposed to be in, it could stand to be a good match. But we're not just here for good matches. We're here to preview the card and also give predictions. And I have no idea where to go on this one, Sandy.
1: This could go literally any any way we've seen them go we've seen these teams go at it for weeks and weeks at a time against against each other individually all of them at the same time oh my gosh we've seen every single variation of matches between these men for the past few weeks it's been like all right enough let's get there um who the hell knows is going to take the title I feel I like this is going to be New Japan style pack matches where the ref is just kind of there waving his arms like, please listen to me. I'm here for three seconds. <laughs> and nobody's going to pay attention to them. That doesn't mean it's not going to be a great match. There's going to be a lot of action. There's going to be a lot of crazy moves. They're going to give it their all. This is a big blow off. You know, this is what they've been working towards for so many weeks. So I think it's going to be a great match regardless. But, yes, yeah, I have no freaking idea who they're going to give it to. Um, I think it's early for it to be on Fulton and Ace Austin, in my opinion. I, yeah. well, I don't want the titles back on the North, but I actually don't see that happening. Who that freaking hell knows? I have no idea. This is going to be a shock to me no matter what happens.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm trying to figure out, too, right – um New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's funny you mentioned that they are running their uh, World Tag League tournament um in the next month. So I'm trying to think, you know, we we kind of have some inside baseball that uh Gallows and Anderson may or may not be allowed to also work Japan. They haven't announced anyone for that that New Japan World Tag League. I would think if they're able to, New Japan would bring in Gallows and Anderson for that to get more eyeballs on on World Tag League. So if I'm speculating correctly, and uh, many people know that I speculate wildly wrong all the time, but if I speculate correctly, I think Gals and Anderson will probably be in Japan next month because New Japan is able to bring – there's some some rule where employers can bring over their employees as long as they quarantine for two weeks, uh, then they're good to go.
1: Oh, shit. I didn't even think about the, the precautions for COVID. I was just like, oh, you know what? It doesn't matter if there's a chance for Impact. They can still go out there and make it to the last round, semi-last round, whatever the hell it is, for New Japan and still be strong.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, who knows, right? I mean, I, I don't think they would win World Tag League if they did go over there because New Japan is not going to send them back to Impact with the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Tag Belts. Oh, yeah. But, um, I mean, I hate to say that I'm going to bet on the house money uh, again, but I think I have to uh, just because we saw the North be the tag champs forever in a row. Um, And then the Motor City Machine Guns have been awesome since they came back. I look at some of the other tag teams that they have in that division. um, The Rascals probably match up best with those guys. But, you know, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with them. I'm gonna go with motorcycle machine guns, but I'm I'm very not confident about it.
1: Yeah, I mean they can pull a complete upset and have Ace Austin and Fulton win. You know they've been hanging up there with the rest of them. I feel just like as a tag team, it's still not the right time, but they could just be like, let's let's do it. And I mean they can go yeah. with well, can not they go with the rat? Fulton's just so freaking big. I have no idea. They can go yeah. the way.
0: it it just really depends and you know their their tag division outside of these four teams is pretty light and 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 numbers right because outside of this you really you got reno scum uh, that are not uh participating you have team triple xl of course uh with larry d and ac romero you have the deaners um which i mean those are three teams that are not ready yet uh to be champions um and then you got Heath and Rhino. I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't necessarily want to see them with the tag belts in 2020. Um, you know, so it, that'd be like making uh, Tommy Dreamer uh, my personal best friend, uh, the uh, world heavyweight champion in 2020. Which uh, God bless him, and I'm sure I'll get a message for this because you know he likes to message me or has once. Um, <laughs> that uh, yeah, it's just not going to happen. I, I just. I, I'm worried about the tag division long-term and Impact uh, just because this is, you know, their four best teams all in one match, uh, with the exception of the Rascals. <clears throat> um, so, we'll see You what know happens. what,
1: Josh? Impact, they need a little bit of the gifted Logan Cruz and Weezy T to really yeah. spice up that uh, tag division. <laughs> Oh, no, did you
0: hear that? So that that noise uh was not a, a deranged hurt animal. Uh that was actually Logan Cruz, um the who was a part of the tag team, the gifted, uh that you could see on Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. Um and I think that uh also some other shows too, right Sandy? We'll oh, do a quick plug yeah. there. Uh Punk Pro Wrestling, right? They were on there as well.
1: On- Pro wrestling. I mean, pretty much any promotion in Florida, you name it. Sweetwater Pro. They're going to be there. Um, man, they're they're everywhere, and I they have a they have a huge huge future ahead of them. And I really, yeah, hey, you know what? I'm honestly not just blowing smoke up his ass because I because he's with in him. the
0: room and he's he's listening to you record this <laughs> podcast <dead>. right now.
1: <laughs> but honestly, he's just so incredibly talented, and hey, so is Weezy. His you know, his suavecito what's it freaking called? I don't know. He suave uh Wheezy Tag partner Wheezy T Z man, these two can can really grow go. And they actually have a ladder match coming up soon. Um I can post some details about that on our account so you guys can check it out if you're local, maybe you can go see it um or on YouTube. But Hey, Impact Wrestling—they are great unsigned talent. You definitely want to check them out. The Gifted out of Florida.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's my and
1: plug for the evening.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's that's our plug, uh, right in the middle of our preview for uh, Bound for Glory. Uh, but you know, what? no time like the present, right, Sandy? It was the, it was there. Right. It was pre- yo. And you're right. They do need uh, some new tag team talent. Um, <laughs> so hey, listen. You know, you never know. Keep working. <laughs> I mean, a couple of kids, they're, they're just youngsters. They'll figure it out.
2: Yeah. Kids. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, with that, we'll come up to our, what I presume is our main event for bound for glory, uh, which will be of course, the inspirational overcoming all obstacles, Rich Swan taking on the maniac, Eric Young, uh, who is your impact world champion. So, a lot of build-up for this one, a story that oh has my. been has been told since about since Slammiversary when Eric it's Young been was the, end the of time. Right, <laughs> I
1: was literally uh, just about to say <laughs>
0: since Rich Swan uh, eliminated Eric Young in the uh, multi-man elimination match for the Impact World Championship belt uh, back at Slamiversary. So yeah, they had this match planned. Before they did their Slammiversary championship match, which is incredibly long-term storytelling, uh, which we 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 don't get a lot from uh, in wrestling these days. So uh, I'm gonna let you uh, talk uh, talk through this with your thoughts first, Sandy. What are you thinking here as we talk about the main event of Back for Glory?
1: Oh man. This is another one where I really, yes, they've been building up the story for such a long time. And I feel like it would be, I mean, would it be fantastic if Rich Swan won? I don't know. I think maybe I'm just in the minority of like seeing, you know, Eric Young just caused so much freaking chaos as soon as he he came to impact that why why stop it now or maybe it's just a temporary stop where Rich Juan is able to say hey screw you I'm back this is mine and then they'll go at it again for a little while Uh, because yeah the feud's been going on since anniversary so you said they, they planned it from before then but Rich Juan has been away on the injury. So if he takes it back and EY is still fighting for that title after Rich Juan wins this Saturday, they can have more matches together and kind of build that storyline even further. So that could work. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I actually, I think that's what's going to happen. I just told myself what's going to happen. <laughs> I just analyzed the, the, the storyline right then and there. I'm like, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. <laughs> what do you think? Right.
0: So when I think about yeah, you know, main events of shows, right? And and we've been, I, I've talked about preconditioning as a wrestling fan of what we are expected to expect. When you have a promotion's biggest show of the year, and we heard this, uh, if you listen to the Conrad uh, Thompson podcast and when he talks to all these different guys, they always told you that the, the number one plan going into WrestleMania always was Hogan must pose at the end, right? Because it was that iconic moment at the end, the good triumph of the evil. Your ending shot is the you know the you know seventy thousand fans on their feet screaming for the, your champion. But now I'm here in 2020, and there's no fans in the audience for Impact's biggest show. Rich Swan is not to the popularity levels. Even in his own promotion no. to Hulk Hogan or any of the other baby faces that have posed at the end of WrestleMania, I think that Rich Swan, on the verge of winning, uh, will have something go wrong with his ankle, and Eric Young will get the win with a pile driver. I, I, I just I think Eric Young has been a better champion. I think even than they expected. I think there's no reason to get a big, big, huge, pop-worthy babyface championship win here um, with no fans. If if this was March and we've had two months, three months of a vaccine, and there's fans in the audience, and you got you know five, seven thousand people on the you know cheering this on. This is Rich Swan all day, every day. But, for but me, you know
1: what? Even even so, I just he's still not that big of a baby just, face in the company no. to give that good feel moment, you know?
0: No, I, still I people be like, I agree oh, yeah, he all
1: yeah. odds, but all right.
0: <laughs> right. And and who knows how that buildup would have played out in front of fans. Um, yeah. but for me, I think I think Eric Young's gonna retain. Um, I don't know who his next challenger will be, um, but on the flip side, of that I wouldn't know who Rich Swan's next challenger would be either. Um, but there'll be they'll build someone up, whoever that may be, uh, to be the next huge baby face to come and take out Eric Young. Um, that's mm-hmm. who I. I just don't think that I just don't think that Rich Swan is a big enough of a character to conquer what is been proven to be a villain that is just unbeatable so far um yeah so i, I think a there's, monster.
1: they're building up like such a monster as they should he's been killing it with that
0: right and, and they've talked about how he feels no pain and all this and you know maybe after moose vanquishes ec3 he decides that he's going to take on eric Young. um and so there's options right uh you know I just think if you if you make Rich Swan the champion, you probably have more challengers that make sense, but it doesn't necessarily mean for better matches. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you're going Rich Swan, and I'm and I'm going Eric Young. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But uh,
1: no, because I initially wanted to say EY, but then I'm like, you, wait, you no. You talked yourself
0: into Rich Swan.
1: I did. I like overanalyzed it. But like my heart says, my heart says EY. I'm going EY. Damn it, Josh.
0: Oh, she's flip flopped. She's a real flip flopper. No, I'm kidding. Oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You know, there's the the the, you know, the presidential debate was tonight, so you know I had to get in my my uh, my campaign rhetoric here, um, and and jump on jump at you. But oh, anywho, that wraps up uh impact for the week here um really uh a lot of exciting stuff i'm excited for bound for glory i know you're excited for bound for glory my kids are excited for you to be over not so much about for bound for glory um oh. but you know it is what it is.
1: dude um, i'm gonna be your new freaking nanny they're gonna love me and i'm gonna love them so much
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i'm not gonna say that's not possible right um, so we'll have to see, uh, we'll have to see what, what happens here. Um, but with that said, uh, we're done there. We're going to move into SVTs uh, at the beginning with our uh, little uh, sketch skit, uh, if you will. About
1: uh, so I know that's not the news anchor music you were expecting uh, because that's what we see on TV now. But I feel like that was the anchor music from freaking Maniac Mansion. It just came back to me. I was like, why did I immediately go to it? It's the Maniac Mansion, it's my favorite game of all freaking time. But yeah, when they <laughs> do the oh, wait, was it no shit? It was something like that, damn it, whatever. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure it's something like that. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll make a note here to future Josh to uh, throw in a, uh, a uh, news, uh, news music uh, backtrack here. Uh, so making- future, future Josh, figure that out um, if you don't stay up until 3 a.m. doing it. But future Josh also go to bed. That's what I'm gonna tell future okay. Josh to do that. Um, but. Let's talk about video game news here, Sandy. We have uh, a couple of news items uh, that we're going to get through. And then you have a a follow-up report uh, on our episode from last week. Uh, But first, uh, I am going to point out that they have started filming the Uncharted movie uh, starring Tom Holland and, of course, Marky Mark himself, Mark Wahlberg. And uh, Antonio Banderas, who has what? not, yeah, I know, big big cast here. It's directed by Ruben Fleischer. Um, Ruben, of course, uh, famous for directing uh, the Venom movie most recently, um, and then also uh, he directed the Zombieland movies. So interesting, interesting uh, director choice, interesting cast choice. Of course, it's hard to see Tom Holland as anything but Spider-Man. Um, and I don't know if you've seen these set photos yet, Sandy. I'm actually gonna... I did! Okay, you did. Okay, so you saw. uh, Tom Holland looks pretty much, I mean, pretty much like Nathan Drake there. I mean, his hair's a little bit lighter, um, but I think it looks pretty good so far from from the set photos we've seen.
1: He looks fantastic. I am such a huge Tom Holland fan. He is adorable. He can do no wrong in my eyes, and... I feel like he just brings such energy to any role that he he is in. He is fully committed. He seems very excited about this project. And I personally have not played Uncharted before because it is a PlayStation uh, Sony exclusive, which as you guys have kind of heard in previous episodes, I'm not the biggest Sony fan just because they keep dissing on Nintendo, and then they try, <laughs> they have the audacity to copy Nintendo. Don't, let's not get started on that, because I'll get real salty and really... Heat yeah, up
0: we'll, we'll probably have to do a, a, uh, a special <laughs> episode <laughs> uh, yeah. talking about uh, the late 90s and, and the, the console wars, which really weren't a thing in the mid-90s, because uh nintendo and sega eventually kind of stopped competing with each other and kind of just started both doing their own thing and then sony came along uh which of course we know uh they came along and made their own thing because they were had a partnership with nintendo that fell apart um but like i said that's a huge other thing that we can get into at another time now i noticed uh, that you said sandy that you were super excited for tom holland to, to be a part of this picture um because of all the excitement that he brings uh I noticed you did not say that about uh, Mark Wahlberg.
1: <laughs> what was the last notable movie that Mark Wahlberg was in? I don't remember.
0: So he did the voice of the Blue Falcon in the recently released animated feature Scoob.
1: All right. Are you, are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> no,
0: I'm not. And I will say this. Uh, I definitely, I, I have seen Scoob. Uh, as the listeners know, I have a four-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, And there there is a part in it uh, where a character has to, like, sacrifice themselves, and we had so much crying because, you know, when you're four and three, you don't know that, (laughs) like, nothing's going to happen to the main characters, right? Oh, Um, Oh, my goodness. I, I the the amount of times i said just keep watching the movie just copy it. just just big just big 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 tears um but yeah i mean before that uh he was an in instant family which nobody watched uh daddy's home Two, less people watch that than daddy's home one i mean and then of course you know just random you know day movies patriots day deepwater horizon all the different things and then you know, Transformers The Last Night uh, was the last probably big picture that he was in. Um, but he's been doing a lot of producing. And that's that he's kind of stepped away from acting more so mm-hmm. to producing. Um, and he's done a lot of stuff with HBO. He produced Ballers with Dwayne Johnson, Entourage. Oh. Um, of course, uh, he is uh, the executive producer on the reality TV show Wall Burgers about his brother's uh, restaurant chain.
1: Well... So nothing is the answer to my
0: previous question. (laughs) So I guess what I'm getting at is I can understand why you didn't say that about Mark Wahlberg, while you said that about Tom Holland. Uh, But I do have one question before we move on, Sandy. Have you ever eaten at a Wahlburgers?
1: I have not. Have you?
0: I have. So I ate at one with my family. Um,
1: Orlando, right?
0: So I didn't eat at the Orlando one. I actually ate at one in Boston Uh, because Mark Wahlberg, in case you didn't know, is, of course, from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, technically speaking, he's from a town called Dorchester and Dorchester is, uh, off the, if I'm my Boston family, if they listen to this, are going to be furious if I get this wrong. I believe Dorchester <laughs> is off of the red line, uh, if you take it, uh, from the city center. Um, but to my family, if I got that wrong, I apologize because my dad's <laughs> extended family is all in Massachusetts. Um, no, Wahlbergers is a uh, kind of your kind of standard joint. Uh, went there. We were on vacation with my in-laws, uh, so my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, and uh, my father-in-law's all-time favorite television show is Blue Bloods, which stars Donnie Wahlberg. Um, and so the entire time we were there, he kept asking why there was no stuff, uh, no posters or anything uh, of Donnie Wahlberg, um, and he kept referring to the restaurant as Donnie's Place, uh, which, of course, is not factual. Um <laughs> And he went as far as to ask our our waitress uh, how many times uh, Donnie Wahlberg had um, been into the restaurant, to which she answered zero. Oh, zero times.
1: God.
0: And then <laughs> I, I, I said the follow-up. The I, said, I said, but Mark has been here a lot, right? She goes, oh, yeah, we see Mark, you know, probably once a month. Like, because he just would go in for a beer or whatever, say hi to the staff, you know, uh, that kind of thing, right? And uh, uh, you know, it's not even Mark's restaurant. I think Mark kind of probably started. Pay, he kind of you know bankrolled it. Uh, but yeah. but their <laughs> but their their brother Paul is the chef uh, that runs mm-hmm. Wahlburgers. Um, Mark, like I said, I think financed it, and then Donnie has uh, pretty much nothing to do with it.
1: He gets a discount, twenty percent off.
0: Right, he's Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> And that's probably more about Donnie Wahlberg than I ever expected to come up on this podcast, especially when we started <laughs> off talking about the Uncharted movie, uh, which looks great and will be will be in theaters, hopefully, next year. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, theaters, it's always, it, right now especially, it's a real touchy thing. Uh, Regal mm-hmm. shut down completely. We'll see if AMC sticks around or if we have to, you know, see what else happens. Uh, it's a really a sad thing right now for the movie industry. Um I love the movie. I do too. I, I'll go to movies by myself. Me too. Still. Like, I'll just go and sit there and, and watch a movie, leave uh, the wife and kids at home, because uh, it kind of gives me like, you know, like two and a half, three hours of quiet. And mm-hmm. I can just kind of sit there and enjoy the picture. Um, obviously, can't do that now. It's getting harder to watch movies. So, hopefully, uh, we get ourselves out of this uh, soon and uh, we can get on with our movie watching lives.
1: I hope so too.
0: So, I'm going to take you back real quick to uh, 1990, Sandy. 1990, a game oh. comes out in Japan. I was one for... year old. I was zero years old. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> going back I'm all the way. I'm older than late, you? I mean, I thought we knew this. I think it was pretty established. Um,
1: Damn it, Josh.
0: No. <laughs> no, you Listen, you look way younger than me, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pull the but, thai <laughs> thai Yeah, you did. for Yeah. You know, <laughs> It, that works great in an audio medium, but um, <laughs> that's like the third time we've done that today. We've got to get away from that. I know. <laughs> but you know what? It's making us have more fun, and I think that makes the listeners yeah. have more fun too, right? It's like the cliche good. podcast thing where people do visual humor for the podcast listeners. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but so 1990, a game comes out on the Famicom in Japan, and it's a game called Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. This is a game that features characters like Prince Marth and Roy that we see in a game way later, and I believe, 1998. Uh, no, 2000, maybe, uh, when we see Super Smash Bros. Melee on the GameCube. We are introduced in North America to uh, Marth and Roy for the first time. What is interesting is that now, for some reason, Nintendo has decided they're going to give us a localization, an English translation, of the original Fire Emblem game on the Nintendo Switch eShop, and it's releasing on December 4th.
1: Whoa. So I actually, Josh, had no idea that the first time we are introduced to those characters was back in the first Super Smash Brothers. I thought maybe something else came out before to kind of give us that introduction, but it was just kind of like blindly like, hey... These are Fire Emblem characters from this Japan game that you guys haven't seen before, and here they are. Is that yeah. what happened?
0: Yeah, so Super Smash Bros. Melee, which is our second entry uh, in the Smash Brothers yeah. series, which released in 2001, is the first time that we see Marth and Roy in North America. The Fire Emblem series, I believe... No, I don't want to enable dictation. I hit a wrong key on my keyboard. Sorry. Uh, the Fire Emblem series first makes its appearance um, on the Game Boy Advance,
2: mm. um,
0: and it does not include Martha Roy. Um, it has oh, what is her name? I believe she's a playable character now um, in North America and in, in the uh, Smash Brothers games um but let me see here do, 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 so eight, eight. Her name.
1: all I remember it was like when the amiibo came out and we're collecting so I've been playing smash brothers of course since the very first one melee and you know when the amiibo crate started happening I got suckered into that like you wouldn't freaking believe like I was out calling stores I was out camping I was out harassing people to hold them for me because they were so freaking collectible. Anything collectible Nintendo, like I am there for. So even though I wasn't too into the Fire Emblem series, I was like, I need to have my original Super Smash Brothers Amiibo collection, and I need it now. And freaking Marth, Marth was like the hardest one to get. And I actually had, I cheated for him, and I ended up getting one from like Amazon UK like, it was that intense. I'm actually kind of ashamed. <laughs> I'm kind of embarrassed. Don't let he. Logan just laughed at me.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I mean, he doesn't understand how things were. I mean, you had you had to really try to get stuff back in the day. Like, Dude, it was difficult. So it was so difficult.
1: Hard. Yeah. So I'm proud to say I have my full amiibo collection for the original ones. Um, but never again. That was freaking stressful.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, uh, Colleen uh, has gotten into uh, trying to find Amiibo cards. And,
1: uh, oh, oh yeah, I'm so happy to it not get into that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm be happy for yourself. Uh, but yeah, no, so the original Fire Emblem game that we get in the United States isn't until 2003. Uh, and the uh, protagonist of that uh, game, uh, there's three of them. It's Lynn, uh Ellie Wood, and Hector. Um, so completely nothing to do with Martha and Roy that no. we see in the uh super smash brothers melee um so for the first time we are going to see um at least marth i don't know if roy i believe roy is in uh fire emblem shadow dragon and the blade of light uh but we are definitely going to be seeing marth for the first time uh here in north america uh in in the original game um and that's going to be pretty awesome um considering this is of course a, a game that you know we're talking released in april of two of uh, 1990 so
1: that is absolutely crazy and they're doing from what i read here that it's going to do that weird uh limited time digital release right that mm-hmm. we see with the um, anniversary of super mario which i mean when you think about titles from nintendo they are so oh man when it comes to their titles that no one else can have they they're able to get away with doing these weird sales strategies and tactics to kind of get the, the audience kind of buzzing for it when they say it's limited time, limited availability, even though it's a freaking digital copy. Like there's no, right. there's no limit to digital, <laughs> but they, they are so good at pulling this off because I don't think any other gaming company in the world has been able to capitalize on these exclusivity um, titles and events. More like Nintendo has their entire freaking career almost. <laughs> it's insane.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we've talked about this before, obviously, with with Super Mario 3D All Stars. Uh, we've we've talked about you know, um, you know, all, all this other stuff. And it actually, you know, so they're going to release, and this is true. This is kind of cool. So for 5.99, you know, six bucks, you can get the digital version of the original. It's just a localization of the original game, or at retail, you can pay $49.99 for the same game, and you might be thinking, well, why would I pay $50 when I can pay 6 And the reason why is, is it comes with a, quote-unquote, nostalgic, stylized, physical NES box and a replica NES Game Pack art piece with a protective sleeve. Uh, if you don't know what, you know, the, the NES uh, Game Pack cartridges were a weird kind of Pop-Tart shape. Um, And they had these little black sleeves that you can keep the games in. Um, And so I'm assuming that that's what it's talking about. Um, And it also comes with a 222-page Legacy of Arcane Arcaneia deluxe hardbound art book and a game download code. So the game itself will still be a digital copy that you download on the Switch. I can't imagine that it's going to be a very big game because it's an NES game uh, that's just localized and translated. (laughs) Um, But it also actually comes out with um, a fold-out world map also, uh, just like the old-school uh, uh, games would come with. And then um, um, and it comes with an NES instruction manual uh, for the game by Localized. Oh, my gosh. So, it, if I
1: was a, a fan of Fire Emblem, like, to that level, like, hands down, that is a pre-order purchase. I'm oh, big sucker time. For sure big like time. That.
0: Big time. And I, I, I'm not the biggest Fire Emblem guy. I've played a few of them. Uh, I, mm. I really enjoy the strategy aspect of it. Uh, It's very similar to if you ever played like Final Fantasy Tactics um, where you have that Golden Golden Suns the same way. Uh, Famicom Wars, which was later uh, redone as Advance Wars uh, on the Game Boy Advance, similar thing. And actually Fire Emblem came from, I believe the same people that made Famicom Wars uh, with the strategy kind of, you know, building up your army, move this, move that. Uh, And Fire Emblem was also like the, and really kind of almost remains the only game where uh if you lose a character on the battlefield um and you don't bring them back in that same uh fight uh they're gone for good. So oh. you don't get them back. So they they have permanent character death uh in Fire Emblem uh which if you play the if you were like me and in 2003 when you picked it up for the Game Boy Advance you had no idea what the hell was going on and you go to the next thing you're like <laughs> where's that guy? What happened to him? I just
1: killed my main guy. Right,
0: Uh, They're gone for good. Now, if a main character died, (laughs) it would kind of end it. Um, Like, that was a game over. So, Mm. if if you're like, and you can get into these big, huge battles uh, in Fire Emblem that take a long time, and then you make one bad mistake with your main character, like, you hit someone that has a better counter than you thought was going to happen, and you didn't kill them, or your double strike didn't work, Boy, were you furious! I, I had to put that game down sometimes uh, and come back hours <laughs> later. It was pretty rough.
1: I am just not a great RPG gamer. Like when it comes to figure, figuring out that battle tactics, you really do have to put some thought into it and be like, "All right, what? Like, what is my defense? What is my strategy? What are my attacks? What items do I have?" You know, that actually takes a lot of effort and being able to to really kind of get the hang and calculate who you should be using, what you should be doing. And to me, like, the only game that I've actually really loved and played all the way through when it came to that was Golden Sun. And that game yeah. kicked my ass. I, I still have not also i still play it and I'll still get stuck in parts. I'm like, holy shit, these games are hard, but they're so rewarding just because of storylines for them, especially being a Nintendo and a Japanese game. They put so much thought and effort into making that storyline oh it yeah makes sense and it's so it, it really sucks you in and i feel like i need to revisit fire emblem i know the one that i bought to kind of introduce me into the game was the one they released on the 3ds so it was a few years ago wasn't the oldest one it's not the newest one either i don't think but no there was, was one not... that released
0: on the switch
1: um oh okay okay yeah so i need to i feel like i need to revisit that but that's crazy that a game from 1990s making its first appearance here in freaking America, and I think yeah. like it's a great strategy. It's like, yeah, if you want to check it out, only six bucks on the Switch, go for it. If you've been a fan since you've been introduced to them back in uh, Smash Brothers in the early 2000s, and you've been a, a committed fan, here's all these goodies that you know Nintendo has for you. Right. And I don't know, were you ever a part of Club Nintendo? When I was, when I
0: started? was not. I was, a Nint- I, I was subscribed to Nintendo Power as a child. That was kind of like my big thing. Like I, I would beg my parents, like, please subscribe me to this. Please subscribe me to this. And, you know, it was like something like uh, 12 or 13 issues, right? Because they throw in the extra one just because mm-hmm. you get 13 issues for, you know, 30 bucks or whatever it was. And I was like, please, you know, I'll, I'll mow the lawn I'll do whatever right and then my mom had this thing about not letting us mow the lawn when we were children because she thought we were going to cut our feet off so (laughs) she would just she would just do it right um but yeah it was it was yeah it would have been a but I can't
1: believe you were on club nintendo so it was a free rewards program so every time that you bought a nintendo game it came with a little on the cartridge it came with a little slip that gave you this code and you would enter that code and you would get points for every game that you purchase. So it's a completely free program. And the goodies that they would have, I mean, it's still going on today, but they got Right, rid of- yeah, yeah. I have it now.
0: Yeah, I have it now. Yeah. It's not as it's not as good.
1: No. The physical rewards back then, Josh. I can't tell you how many freaking posters <laughs> I have of Nintendo. Like I Oh my gosh, I it was the happiest, day. and this is in my early 20s, like late teens, I'm still getting geeked out about getting a package from freaking Nintendo headquarters, and it's just all these posters and CDs and goodies, and like, oh, I miss those physical rewards so much, so oh, yeah. I know it means for Fire Emblem fans to be able to get the opportunity, hey, if you pay, whatever you pay, 50 bucks, but you get, you know, just anything made by Nintendo when it comes to the world map, the book. All those things are so personal, especially if you're such a big fan of the game, and I think that's really special. I'm glad that they're doing that for those fans. I personally won't be buying it because I'm really not that into Fire Emblem, but I'm excited for those fans that are.
0: Yeah, I'm not that super into it, but I, I'm I'm kind of tempted just for all the extras, uh, the nostalgic, you know, goodies, the NES stuff, uh, you know, the world map foldout. Now that's all stuff really cool to me. Now I mean, you and I both used to work at a, a big box retailer. Uh, did you ever try and jack the posters uh, when when the store was done with them? <laughs> 'Cause I did a lot.
1: Oh, dude, for sure. But okay.
0: I would right. have seniority
1: and there was like some major doors and gamers and geeks in my store. So a lot of them like would get seniority with me. Even though I actually yeah. started in the gaming department. When I first started working there in my early twenties, I was like I was like, I need to work in the gaming department. So that was like my shit. So for a while there I did get first in, but then when I moved over to a different department it got a little bit harder. But oh for sure.
0: So when I was when I was there, uh, gaming was a part of what they called like media, right? So there was oh, like yeah. CDs, movies, video games, all were the same people, MP3 players, et cetera. And I worked in computers. Um, you can probably put together where we worked. And we worked actually at the same store. So I'm sure the same people that would take all the posters uh, when I was there were the same people that would take all the posters when you were there. Um, <laughs> but I would be like, hey, listen, uh, you know, this one came out on my birthday, so you need to give me this one. And I think I got like, I wound up getting my buddy, and I think he still has it. Uh, I have to ask him. Uh, I gave my buddy a Star Ocean when that released for PS3. Star Ocean came out on PS3, and I got like a big like uh, poster or stanchion thing for it. Oh. Um, yeah. And I used to work at a at a uh, sandwich shop chain, and I would take all the old menus and keep them. Um, and then I also had a giant cutout, and I mean giant cutout, life size of uh, Jared, the subway spokesman, um, holding up a pair of pants. It was literally like Jared holding up a pair of pants uh, over to the side to show how much weight he had lost. And it was about six feet tall. And but I just- why? Well, I don't know, I worked there and they didn't want it anymore. So I just took it because I figured I could play some pranks. Uh, and at one point I did sneak it into my house and into my parents' room in the middle of the night. So when they woke up, they saw Jared standing over their bed. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Uh, that didn't go over well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I wouldn't have taken that. Like, I only took, like, Nintendo shit. And I still have some of it. Like, I used to get all the cutouts and the, the standings for the game. And I, like, I used yeah. to have this, like, greenhouse that I lived in by myself. And it, my decorations were just, like, those cardboard stands.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, well, I feel like if you were taking Nintendo stuff, you probably had to fight Burgess for it. And that was probably not going to go over too well. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. So. it was rough.
0: <laughs> but anyways, uh, we have a couple other things that we're going to talk about here, um, and this is uh, this is a full disclaimer. This is not any sort of political endorsement. This is not any uh, saying to do this or to do that. Uh, but gaming recently uh, has been used as a vehicle uh, to kind of encourage people to vote to get it more engaged with uh, politics in general. Uh, and that was uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Um and she got on Twitch and played Among Us. Uh now it's been noted in the past that that AOC uh is a uh, kind of a old school gamer. She plays a lot of League of Legends. Uh I have a friend that is a diehard about League of Legends. And so I like when she would tweet about stuff uh with League of Legends, people would ask her questions, and I would like ask my buddy, who literally to this day, all he plays is League of Legends, uh, and it's hours a day still. Um I literally said, like, hey, is what she's saying like does she know what she's talking about? And he's like, uh, yeah, surprisingly so. Like, so awesome. we we know that AOC is a gamer. We know that, you know, she's uh, one of the youngest members of Congress, if not uh, the youngest member of Congress. And she constantly the is young. trying to, right? So she's constantly, what are we doing, Sandy? Jesus. Um,
2: I know, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, we we have a podcast that gets 150 downloads if we're lucky and she's serving in the United States Congress, but, you know, whatever. Um, Damn it. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, And actually, so with one event, she completely dwarfs our entire download history. Um, She goes on Twitch and plays Among Us uh, with a couple of other members of Congress um, and then also some popular streamers. Uh, She was on there with, uh, of course, uh, uh, Congresswoman uh, Ilana Omar out of Minnesota um, and a couple of other streamers. And they had a viewer count of 435,000 people uh, watching them play Among Us uh and also uh, trying to get people uh to uh go and vote. So um I'm excited about this from a oh, yeah. uh A using gaming in a positive light. Um and B, uh you know it, it's refreshing to see uh politicians uh and obviously we know ASC is not your typical politician, obviously she you know works as a waitress and she's she knows what working people go through and, and things like that. Um, and it seems to be more down to earth than some of the other ones that have been in Congress for 50 years. Um, but to see people engaging constituents and engaging people on a very real level and encouraging voting while also appealing to their interests. Um, I, I I would, I would say that of those 435,000, I would say not all of them are people that follow her political views either. Um, but I think this is a really cool thing. Uh, really awesome. Uh, to get uh, some eyes on a pretty cool game. Uh, you and I have discussed this. We haven't played it, uh, but we might have to now uh, that, you know, city members of Congress are playing it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on this, Sandy?
1: So I think it's really interesting. You know, I was reading that, you know, the the concurrent viewers that she had, that makes her stream one of the 20 most watched streams in Twitch history. So this isn't just like, oh, that day she had really good viewership. Like, no, like in Twitch history. And I think that's pretty amazing. You know, this isn't really about what your political party is, what your beliefs are, what the main purpose of this was, hey, it doesn't matter who you're voting for, get out there and exercise your right as a citizen to vote. And that is the important thing that she was doing here. And you know what the big takeaway for me is I remember being a gamer when I was younger. I've been a gamer since I was three years old, and I had the NES. You know, it's yep, been same. it's been a long time. And we, since Columbine, since the the tragedy that happened at Columbine, so many years ago, it was it was I can't, I can't even remember like early 2000s, late 90s, mid 90s when this I wanna happened. I want to say that and, was 98 or
0: 99. I I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you know when that happened, the first thing was okay, who can we <laughs> who can we blame for this? Who do we, who can we point the fingers to? And the first victims of that were, okay, no, not victims. Cause of course we don't want to get into that, but right. the first fingers that were pointed at, it's like, Hey, violent shooting video games. And it's like, no video games actually make us, it, it, it doesn't do that to us. Video games are not the cause for, you know, mass shooters. So back right. then, you know, we had this big stigma on, on gaming, that it was bad, that your kids shouldn't play video games, that, no parent should be should be letting their kids have access to these types of games because it's going to turn them into shooters. It's going to turn them into criminals. It's going to turn them into sinners, this and that, you know. The religious right, yeah. community came in. And it was just like, my I remember my, my grandmother didn't want me playing video games for a while after that happened, you know. And, and that was a, a real thing. And I was like, no, I'm like, I'm just, I'm playing Nintendo games here. Please let me play my cute little video game, you know? Yeah,
0: listen. Okay, but, I promise I won't jump on any turtles at school, okay? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> I promise I won't, I won't throw bananas at other people
0: <laughs> while I'm
1: <laughs> pretending to, I don't know, whatever. But, you know, this is really cool to see. She, she understands, you know, she's a millennial like us. She's 31 years old. She says, hey, we need one of the, one of the people that, one of the main groups, in our country that that they're, they're not voting out there are younger younger people, you know, millennials yeah. and, and Generation C. They, they, we have a vote. As soon as we turn 18, we have the right to vote. And like and like I said before, it doesn't matter who you vote for. It's just exercising that right to vote. It's so important to show that we are the ones who get to decide how the future of our country goes and not someone else making those decisions for us. So as long as we can get people to, to turn out and vote, that is the important part there. And I feel like that is what they accomplished here by reaching a, a huge part of that community through their Twitch stream and also getting eyes on Among Us, which brings us, I guess, to the next topic, this game that you and I have not played. I literally just found out before I got on this call. I thought this game was brand new, but apparently it's been out for a couple years now. I had no idea. I don't even know yeah. how this game became so popular. All I know is that all over Facebook and Twitter. I just see people talk about it. And I was like, what the hell is Among Us? <laughs> so we got to play this game, Josh.
0: Yeah, we got to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's on iOS. It's on, you know, it's on, I, I think everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, Among Us, you can go on the iOS store and actually you can get a free version of it. So, um, so definitely, five bucks? Uh, it's free on iOS. So, Oh shit. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's probably a little bit of a different, uh, gameplay feel. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, you know, we might have to play it this next week, Sandy. And then, uh, uh, you know, my, my soon to be brother-in-law, uh, he plays it. Uh, so uh, maybe, uh, Saturday he'll give us some tips, uh, before we start <laughs> watching Bound for Glory, we might have to get into someone among us. Um, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. So, um, but you know, and the last thing we want to leave you with, we always uh, you know want to make sure that if you guys are looking for something to play, that you know the best uh, place to get them, uh, the best sales going on. Uh, and so for uh, this week, we're going to highlight. Uh, Epic Games has a Halloween sale going on right now. Um, if you're not familiar with the Epic Games Store, definitely check it out. A um, lot of really good titles uh, on here. Of course, uh, if you didn't get the chance to play Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which I paid full price for that game, which kind of stinks because it got on sale like immediately, uh, as does a lot of EA Star Wars games, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, Fallen Order right now is uh, 50% off at $29.99 on there. Um, You got Borderlands 3 is on sale for $29.99 on there. Um, And also really good game. I may have mentioned it briefly on the podcast before, uh, but especially if you're looking for that spooky kind of psychological, almost horror thriller game, uh, the game Control, uh, the Ultimate Edition of that is on sale for just twenty eight dollars on the Epic Game Store. I can't recommend that game enough. Um, I think it did win the like Polygon uh, Shooter Game of the Year when it came out in twenty nineteen. Um, so definitely check out that game. Uh, tons of other stuff. Grand Theft Auto Five is fifteen bucks. Uh, the new game uh, that's well, it's new now because to a whole new audience because it released on Switch. Uh, but Hades uh, is definitely a game to check out on there. That's on sale for 20 bucks. Um, so uh, tons of really good stuff. Um,
1: Death Stranding. Did you ever play Death Stranding?
0: I didn't play that one. I saw that. That's on the sale, too. Um,
1: yeah, that- 30% off. Normally 60 It's down to forty one ninety nine. My friend David, who is a huge wrestling fan, video game fan, MMA fan. I mean, this guy's brain holds all the information, like I wish I could sit down with him and just like pick his brain because man, he is knowledgeable. And he really enjoyed this game. He had some, he had some, not complaints, but he had some things about it that weren't perfect, but he overall really enjoyed this game and actually might be picking this one up. Uh, It has Norman Reedus. This is one of the big uh, Kojima production games that were teased for a while at E3. And God, I think it was delayed for a while. And nobody knew what the hell was really going on with it, and it was finally out. And I, I don't, I don't think it lived to the hype that it had behind it, especially right. with you know, with the big name of Norman Reedus being the actor of it and being a, a brand new IP. A brand new IPs in video games they are so hard for them to take off because I mean, it's a story. Like something just isn't clicking with the audience. It's very hard for them to be successful. That's why I am such a fan of of new IPs that are able to try something new. And even though. It's risky, even though it's not a safe bet to say, hey, you know what? This is a known game. People are going to buy this because it's known. Um, I really do admire whenever they try to put a new idea out and and and, and try their, their luck, their fate, and see how it goes. And I feel like that's what uh, Kojima did with Death Stranding. So I actually do want to check that one out myself.
0: Yeah. I mean, like you said, it, it was uh, unbelievably hyped. And it, people waited a long time for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, mixed reviews. Uh, I have a, f- a couple of friends that absolutely love it, um, and I've played it for hours and hours and hours. I never picked it up uh, because I didn't want to pay full price for it. Uh, I seldom do that, um, unless it's something that really jumps out at me. So I might have to check it out. Uh, but I just just to point out a couple of games, because uh, they've been mentioned previously on the podcast, uh, the Telltale Batman series uh, is on sale oh. for twenty two forty nine. And then also a game that you've brought up uh, as one of your favorites, uh, Thimbleweed Park, is on sale for 7.99. dollars uh, So 60% that off on that made,
1: one. Yes, that is made by uh, Ron Gilbert, if I'm not mistaken, who made uh, Maniac Mansion. So it's that point-and-click adventure game. Definitely check it out. It, it gives you some laughs. It's I, I freaking love that type of, <laughs> of game title. Right. And also, as you mentioned, Telltale Games. The Wolf Among Us is on there on sale for just 11.24. That game was a beautiful game. So I think this is the one that came out after their successful The Walking Dead series, which is also on here on sale. So yep, if you haven't is. played it, definitely check that one out. It is such a great story. The graphics on it are absolutely beautiful. Telltale Games here, this is the the prime with The Walking Dead, the Batman series, The Wolf Among Us being a brand new story. Definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, and uh, I'll point out too uh, since you know, we are coming up on Halloween uh, that the RPG Costume Quest is on sale there uh, for $2.49. Uh, it's a pretty fun one. And then I believe they actually have, uh, for a limited time here on Epic Games, um, the Costume Quest 2, so the sequel, uh, is actually free now uh, through October 29th. Uh, so for $2.50 you can get two uh, pretty good uh, uh, cartoon-style Halloween-based RPGs. Um, So, that being said, uh, that hits kind of uh, all the news items that we wanted to cover. We talked a lot about Impact Wrestling. um, And this is really important, Sandy. We did not have internet issues this week.
1: (gasps) Oh, sorry you guys for our last episode it may have been a little bit of a struggle hopefully you guys didn't notice too much josh put a lot of work and effort into making sure that episode sounded as clean as it possibly could we were just struggling both josh and i with our internet connection damn you spectrum networks yeah i think <laughs> it know, like it today was... has been a smooth stream
0: yeah super smooth no lagging uh you know we're and you know we're talking back and forth as if we're in the same room um, which is uh, like kind of shocking, um, and I know I'm you know, probably you know knock on wood as we're wrapping up here that if we don't cut out and have to do some things, um, but yeah listen I I I'm not a sound engineer I'm not a podcast engineer by by any stretch sort of the imagination uh, we do this for fun um, and we're we're happy to do it uh, each week because I think honestly we just enjoy talking to each other anyways about wrestling um, and the fact that any of you would listen uh, makes it that much better so we're gonna make sure it sounds as good as possible for everyone involved um
2: so yeah
0: but hopefully uh i can do i can edit this one a lot quicker i
2: think so i think it'll be smooth josh
0: (laughs) i think i could just plug and play our audio track here uh this is the first time i haven't had to stop our audio track and have to mesh together two audio tracks this is one continuous audio track uh which is awesome um so
1: this is like um, my favorite
0: episode (laughs) it's been pretty fun it's been pretty good we've had some some great conversation uh, we hope you enjoy it. Um, definitely make sure that you check out uh, our back catalog. I'm going to start saying that we have a back catalog now uh, because, uh, listen, we got 10 episodes already in the can. This is episode number 11. Definitely go back and check us out. Um, oh, and then yeah. also, I mean, we've we got great topics. We've talked about Zelda. We've talked about Tony Hawk, Point and Click Adventures. Go go back and listen to those. Um, and then uh, also – speaking
1: of the back catalog. Josh, if you want me jumping in here, I have yes, some stuff ahead. to get off my chest. Uh-oh. So you guys, so <laughs> Josh is like, oh, no, she's going to quit. This is it. Our 11th <laughs> and last episode.
0: It was a final 11. <laughs> no, it was.
1: <laughs> no. So speaking of the back catalog, Josh, our last episode, we discussed about Resident Evil.
0: Oh, yes, of course. I teased this up front <laughs> and I forgot all about it. Please continue. <laughs>
1: How dare you? So we talked about like pretty in depth about Resident Evil, you know the beginnings, the cultural impact, all the games, the good, the bad, you know what we actually played, what we didn't play. I haven't played a lot of it to be honest. You know I played a little bit. I'm not, I was actually really big chicken growing up playing those horror games and. Sure. I'm an only child, I'm pretty introverted, so when it came to video games, like, it was my outlet, just because I was not a very social girl growing up, and so to me, video games were the way that I interacted, the way that I played, Um, because I didn't really like to go to other people's houses and just have, just be too social, so, I mean, you think introvert, you think, oh, they play video games, and that's exactly what it was, and being an only child, like, of course, so... I listened back to the episode and I I was like oh my gosh I really I was you know when I was talking about Resident Evil I remember just talking back on on the games that I had actually played and most of them I didn't even get to finish just because I was so scared and I felt like I needed to have another person there with me to help me through the game so that was one aspect of it and also I'm not going to lie to you guys I was actually in that I don't know if it's a majority or minority of people that like when they play Resident Evil, they think, Oh, you know, it's the same story over and over where there's a zombie type of outbreak and then you just shoot zombies and then that's it. Right. So I actually want to say, actually, I fell into that category where whether it's the minority or majority, but listen, after I, I actually felt like one of the people that listen to this podcast, you know, what we try to do is make sure that people, You know check out impasse or check out these video games that we love or don't check out the video games that we hate (laughs)
2: right
1: (laughs) i caught myself as like a listener it's like you know what maybe i need to get more into resident evil and that's what i did so i actually found a super fan online that spent over a decade putting this mythology for resident evil together and holy shit, josh i don't know if you've checked it out before but I wanted to know like the chronological order of all the video games. And not just the video games, but the order of the events that happen. So to me, that lore is so important when I fall in love with a video game. And that's yeah. why Zelda has captivated me. Because, man, ev- there's so many tiny details that make up this larger storyline of mm-hmm. everything that happens throughout the years and throughout these video games. So that's what I did with Resident Evil. And I don't have the link on me right now, but if you do a quick Google search, you can easily find it. The super fan... Got tired of people like me that were just like, oh, this is just a dumb zombie game, and it's just boo and scary, and then that's (laughs) it. There's no story. Man, was I wrong. He put up thousands of pages online. Like I said, it took over a decade for him to put together, breaking down the exact timeline. Not only that, but he was able to give details on every single uh, villain, every single character, every single weapon you know, the weapons he was able to say, okay, this is the name, this is what it done, this is its weakness, this is its power, this is who it's effective against, this is who it's not effective against, like, right. details. And I spent an ungodly amount of hours <laughs> reading this shit. I kid you not, like, it was, as soon as I woke up, when I laid down to go to bed, in the middle of the day while I was working, like, I was I reading this nonstop. Like, I went into a freaking... <laughs> dark hole of resident evil and let me tell you anyone who thinks there's no storyline there completely wrong this game is freaking involved and i am so glad i took the time to really get into and learn the storyline and and go more just above you know playing the game and just kind of reading the little diaries and the notes that they put on there for you the makers of the game put so much effort into into providing those details for us for us to kind of piece the puzzle together and I never really did that with that game so I feel like I made my redemption as a Resident Evil kind of fan from before go. and now I'm like fully invested so not only that but I went back and I finished Resident Evil 7
0: <laughs> nice very nice so I'm
1: all cut up and of course I watched the uh, Village trailer so i'm very excited uh hopefully you guys saw it when we mentioned it last week chris redfield uh makes a return as we saw in the trailer and spoilers don't listen to this if you haven't seen the trailer but you saw the trailer right josh i did yeah he shoots mia in the face right in front of ethan winters
0: (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's bonkers
1: he saved them. Oh, you gotta you gotta play resident evil 7 i forgot you haven't watched it yet
0: no, no oh, it's still, i, I I'm, I'm not you can't spoil me on seven you're it's okay
1: okay <laughs> you have to play though that game is absolutely just beautiful like once i played it all the way through i had some problems getting through freaking marjorie when she turns into this giant spider beetle crazy infected thing like she just completely whooped my ass. I had to get Logan to help me because I don't like being chased. (laughs) So to me, like that's one of the big things. Like in real life, like Universal Studios for Horror Nights and somebody's chasing me, like I am freaking out of there. I run so fast. I hate the feeling (laughs) of being chased. (laughs) That was so huge for me why I didn't freaking like that game and I had to stop to begin with. But I did it through, I beat it, I know the storyline, I'm all caught up, you guys. Resident Evil freaking rules, and I'm, like, number one fan, and I have to continue reading this man's decade-long journey into writing the whole mythology.
0: (laughs) Well, and you're going to have to go back now, Sandy, and play, you know, the 30 games that came before Resident Evil 7, too.
1: I want to. (laughs) I want to so bad. I don't know how to get my hands on them. I have the Resident Evil 2 remake, which I have to... Go back and be because I quit after I quit after uh, Tyrant <laughs> after Tyrant yeah. freaking started chasing me and I just I I can't fucking handle being chased John yeah
0: I- yeah Nemesis Nemesis in three was like just that that wasn't a game feature that I really enjoyed uh, of, about that game um, but the the remake looks awesome I mean we talked about this obviously last week but sure. but definitely uh, you know if you didn't finish you know and not just if you didn't finish Resident Evil. Uh, if you got games out there that you didn't finish, go back and finish them. You know, complete the task. My- <laughs> yeah, I know. I have so many on my it.
1: 360 that are still in the in the wrap, in the wrapping, like the plastic thing, and I didn't even get to open the case. Like I had terrible game add back then, so hopefully I can go back and revisit those games. <laughs>
0: I'm sure that you will. And, and I'm sure that I will probably at some point finish some other ones. Um, you know, uh, I'm still plugging along uh, when I can on Final Fantasy 14. That's what I played this week. Uh, so nothing new to report there. Uh, you know, still plugging along uh, You know, week two, maybe week three now on it. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I'll report something new. I'll play something else uh, for next week, I'm sure. Uh, next week, uh, of course, will be our uh, quote-unquote go-home podcast for Halloween. Uh, so we might have a special uh, game topic uh, to discuss with you guys. Um, and then, of course, we'll talk about uh, what happens at Bound for Glory uh, and, the, of course, the fallout uh, of next week's impact from that. Um, so but uh, that said, uh, you know, this is, of course, the 8-Bit Suplex on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Make sure you do go and check out our entire family of shows, uh, including... Keeping a strong style, the Ace of Podcasts, One Nation Radio, The Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, All Things Elite, uh, The Grave Consequences Podcast, uh, and uh, Grown Men Watch the Shit uh, is also back. Um, I love that name. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good, and and you know what? And they they cover things that the rest of us don't cover. So uh, I think they came back uh, with um, the uh, the Noah Tournament that's happening right now. So uh, definitely go check them out. Uh, check out our uh tea store on prowrestlingteescom slash social suplex. Uh, check us out on social media at Twitter where we are at 8bitsuplex. Sandy is at SailorZelda, and then on Instagram, you're at Sandy Gaveria, right?
1: Correct. It, I need to change that. I need help though. But we'll talk about that later.
0: Oh, don't <laughs> ask me. I anything outside of Facebook I basically suck at. I I'm I'm a, a <laughs> I, I am almost a boomer when it comes to social media, uh, but I'm a little bit better. I'm a little bit better, a little bit better. Uh, I am You're still. Um, thanks. 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 Uh, but yeah, definitely check us out. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Laughlin underscore Joshua, because when I made the handle, I didn't know what I was doing. So my full last name, McLaughlin is not on there. Um, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and then, yeah, I'm I'm on Instagram. I think it's maybe at J five. Um, which is a reference to uh, high school baseball uh, at the end of the JMAC there um, because I made it back in high school uh, when I was playing high school baseball. So that being said, I got nothing else to, to say. Sam, do you got anything else you want to add?
1: Check out The Gifted online. I don't know their social media handles, but like I said, they are up and coming. Keep your eyes on them. If you Google them on, uh, Google them on YouTube, if you try to find them on YouTube, they have lots of <laughs> matches on there. Uh, definitely check them out. Like I said, Impact, if you're listening, they are uh, non-contracted tag team pro wrestlers, and they're great.
2: <laughs> there you and go. And Liana
1: De Los Santos, she's making her re-debut coming soon. <laughs> we'll see.
0: <laughs> you know, listen, whenever that happens, you know I'll be there. Um, Yay! And it'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, signing off uh, as always, Make sure to uh, taper waiters and waitresses, especially uh, in this these pandemic times. That's uh,
1: the most random thing I've heard out of this uh, 11 episode project we have going on, but listen, I it's love just hit me,
0: man. I, you know, I feel like you know <laughs> waiters and waitresses right now are they're, they're really stressed. Yeah. You know, they got people breathing right. around them and coughing around them, oh. and so listen, even if the service isn't what you expect it to be, which really yeah, you so- shouldn't expect anything. Tip, tip, tip. Make sure that they, because listen, man, they, especially now, they're not getting that extra, they're not getting that extra unemployment now or whatever if they get laid off. So let's just make sure that we're taking care of people, all right? Uh, wear your mask, wash your hands, wash your ass, as James likes to say, um, and uh, just take care of everyone, right? So uh, without further ado, uh, I'm Josh.
1: I'm Sandy. Thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. Can't wait to uh, talk to you guys next week. And as always, if you want to hear a specific game topic, reach out to us. Shoot us a DM, shoot us a tweet, whatever you want to do, shoot us an email. We are here for you. And if you want to he- hear us talk about a video game that you love, whether we've played it or not, hey, we'll play it for you. Just let us know.
0: Yeah, as long as that game won't cost us $60 to play it for the episode. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll, I'll sacrifice. <laughs> well,
0: that's a commitment Sandy's willing to make if she doesn't have children—at least not that I know of. Um, so, <laughs> without further not, ado, no. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, who would have children? Uh, uh, anyways, woof. Um, yeah, I know. Again, another visual gag for the listeners at home as we're signing off. Oh, Sandy was, of course, pointing at me. Um, but this is probably our longest sign-off yet, and I'm going to end it right now. Oh so, uh, good night, everybody.
2: <laughs> good night. Ha, ha, ha.